We're all grown ups. We know nothing happened in isolation. Trigger, trigger warning. Trigger warning. warning. Yeah. I'm so, look, look, everybody. It's of my opinion. Uh, it's not of my opinion. It's pretty much fact. But it's of my opinion that essentially all religions come from each other. They all intermingle and all swap values. And they're, they're all, because beneath it all is an actual uh, sense and logic. It wouldn't seem like it over the top, but there is. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, I like a good surprise. <laughs> you, know, you know what, Ryan? I yes, lo- right. I love how you eat a banana. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's surprising how good I am with so little practice. <laughs> so sexy. That is a low blow to start <laughs> the podcast with, isn't what it? What you don't know is I'm really bad with tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hello, willkommen, bienvenue, konnichiwa, ni hao, jambo, morhaba. All right. Ave. Welcome. It's uh, the Arms Inquisition 207. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday the 14th of November, I'm Amish Phil. I'm Amish Ben. And I'm Amish Matt. And we have a returning guest in the studio. A returning champion. Hell. <laughs> Hell, yes. Mr. The, Ryan Seven. That's me. The uh, alchemical assassin. <laughs> the, yes. Hitman of hermetics. The nice. jobs worthy of... <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, Jameson. man? I'm all right. Apparently nerves just kicked in suddenly then and, and my oh. quick wit disappeared for a moment, but I'm sure I'll ease into it. I looked, yeah. in, I looked into our back catalogue and the last time we spoke to you was uh, week four of three weeks to flatten the curve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. How did that turn out for you? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I've uh, not been outside since, so I'm not... <laughs> I believe it's still a bit like this. It's still a bit, you know, it's not quite flat It's quite yet. curvy. Yeah. yeah. But, so, yeah, lots happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's nice to get away from sort of what's going on in the prosaic, uh, not prosaic, what am I thinking, the profane world. Yeah. And maybe explore some alchemy and hermetics and stuff. Yes, none of those muggles anymore. uh, (laughs) I'm a muggle though, so (laughs) (laughs) Matt, Matt, you're such a muggle. I am a muggle. I mean, (laughs) frankly, I've been locked up inside doing this stuff anyway, so I pretty much didn't notice most of the lockdown. It's for the best. You did it myself. You didn't cups of tea. <laughs> you didn't miss much, you know, other than uh, I had Boris made a fill of himself a few times, and that yeah. was about it, really. What's new? He's not calling Bojo the clown for nothing, do we? No. But uh, I was quite excited. You said you had something to show me. Yes, <laughs> it's quite long though. Right. Well, that's <laughs> no problem. What's the girth situation? Uh, well, it's very thin. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so interesting. Razor. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, what do I have to show you? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? What you've been working on? So, last time I was here, we spoke about a few things, and towards the end of the podcast, I spoke about some pillars that I'd seen in Rivington, which is a nearby little village up in the hills. And on these pillars are some very mysterious symbols. And as I looked at them, things became apparent to me. 
Mm. So I've been following that trail. I don't want to go into it because obviously we're going to do a presentation on it now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just some very murky, odd history when you think about it. However, in the end, these three pillars seem to have essentially given me the secret of alchemy, uh, kind of the key to understanding the base religion, as if there was a single religion. Uh, Prisca Theologia, I think they call it in Latin. Um, so, I mean, that's yet to be absolutely ver verified, but it, it looks that way. And I've brought some mostly visual images. <laughs> All the images being quite visual. <laughs> these, pic these pictures are very drawn. Um, and you've taken, you, are these some you've taken yourself as well? Have you been going and... Yeah, there's a, few, there's a few of my own. Um, you know, this is still a work in progress, however... Over the last month or so, it's really all come together. So I just thought I'd take the opportunity, as you guys got a hold of me, to kind of pull it all into one place for you. However, I do think this might take more than one podcast, folks. So yeah, um, we'll see how it goes. and We'll see how we get on. And, and, and uh, do the rest at some point. Yeah, exactly. We've no, uh, we, no problem breaking this no. up if, as, as required. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Essentially, we're going to talk about maths <laughs> and mushrooms. Yes. And I'll avoid any actual maths or anything like that. We'll just show you some numbers. So if you see the numbers, don't be freaked out or anything. Just just relax with the numbers. The numbers will be good to you. Good, because I've never been a fan of maths. Yeah. It's my least favourite No, subject. nor I. That's mm. why it's so disappointing when I came across it all in this. <laughs> no. Right, so I throw up the first, uh, the first image then. Let's go for it. Mm. All right, so what have we got here? Woo. Okay, so I'm from a little village called Blackrod which has nice. uh, <laughs> an interesting ring to it. And next to Blackrod is uh, a little town called Rivington in Lancashire, in the north of England. And at these foothills, where we, you can see the hills on the bottom left-hand corner there, um, used to be a, a chapel from anywhere from 1370. Now, I'm not too sure if what we're going to look at is from later than that. There's a date on there, 1603, but I can't be quite sure it's not something else entirely. And you'll see why I mean that later on. Right. However, something could have been rebuilt. There's just something about these pillars that say earlier than 1603. If they are 1603, then there is some dark stuff <laughs> going on, comparatively speaking, to the, the local Catholic populace mm. at the time. Why? Because this will be part of the Catholic persecution, won't it? Before Guy Fawkes, won't it? That sort of area. Exactly. We're talking so, 1603. Yeah. So, and, you know, we're talking medieval times, so... Get medieval on your ass. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I suppose, is it not quite, it's not uncommon for churches to be built and rebuilt on the same location? Exactly, as, the, as these older places. That, I mean, there are things on these pillars that do say church, okay. Jesus, you know... <laughs> But when you look at it, it's like, hmm, this is just a veneer over the top. Mm. Something extra going on here. Yeah. So this all took place at um, a little village next to Rivington called Anderson Hall. And over time, I think in the 1800s, the whole place was dismantled. And some of these stones from a little chapel there ended up at Rivington Church, which you can see on the bottom right-hand corner. Right. And... I'm going to show you next how I find out about this. So if you go on to the next, next slide. slide. I feel like uh, Chris <laughs> Whitty. <laughs> next slide, please. Oh, it's not. Right, so oh. these are some previous photos of it. it. 
This stone wow. does have a little interest to it because it's got something on there called a Sator Square. There was a, a film out recently called Tenet, which alludes to this Sator Square. Right. Because the centre word on that is Tenet. Oh, that's the top left image. You can see the it there, left, just above, uh, yeah. his, above his hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's this 1950s archaeologist that that's said, oh, these are very interesting. And the story behind them is that they were found in this guy's garden wall and the church asked for the holy stones to be please returned and then unceremoniously dumped into this uh, churchyard. Okay. So this churchyard goes back to, like, the 1600s and is quite old in itself. However, these stones weren't originally from there. And the only thing I could find about them is that there's a rumoured Templar origin to them. However, with a lot of these things, there's a rumoured Templar origin. <laughs> Looking at them, I can understand why they would say this if anybody was in the know. How much mm. that person was in the know, though, I don't know. It could have been from the Wigan Evening Post, for all I know. <laughs> so, uh, if we go on to the next slide. So, this is, this is where I come into it. So... Um, as I said on the previous podcast, I'd taken some mushrooms, had a trip, <laughs> <laughs> and lots of weird things had happened. Among those weird things was I was shown the tarot, which was on my ex-girlfriend's bedside table, Ooh. and I thought they were silly cards. And then after what had happened to me in the trip, I was compelled to go and look at them. And as part of my investigations into the tarot, I've found this image now, this image reflects uh, a card called the Wheel of Fortune, card number 10. And Wheel of Fortune is, is a kind of a semi-ish famous medieval image, and it's usually of the sky with somebody turning a wheel around, indicating the turning of the heavens. Okay. And so this is what this is expressing. If you look in that bottom right-hand corner, you can kind of see that there's a guy at the top sat there proud. He's the king. He's on top of the wheel. He looks like a pharaoh. He does, yeah. He was a lion with a with a pharaoh, sphinx, a sphinx, exactly. And we'll come to that in a moment. Oh, right. So um, then, next to it, we've got this kind of um, other character who's essentially set from the Egyptian pantheon, and then we've got this serpent character on the left. They don't matter really. What matters is that there's these characters. One's on top, one's one's going around, and one's got flung off. The the <laughs> serpent's been flung off there essentially, and it's just uh, an analogy for life, you know. Grab on when you're going down and you'll be back up again in no time. Okay. Would you like to uh, hear a, a bit of a synchronicity? Go for oh. it. I did see a little grin before when you saw this image, so yeah. yeah, I would. So also on the image, for those listening, we've got a picture of Eliphaz Levi in mm-hmm. the top left-hand corner and a Baphomet underneath him. Mm-hmm. The current book I'm reading... What? Oh, Wow. Transcendental uh, Magic, Doctrine and Ritual by Eliphaz Levi. And do you know what's even weirder, Ryan? Go on. The way I'm reading my books this year, my books are picked for me by a random number generator. Oh, wow. So I had no actual choice in reading this. <laughs> oh, great. I mean, it's an interesting book. It's weird that you've yeah, come yeah. at the time when I'm reading it, because yeah. I get through books in, you know, yeah, three fine. or four weeks usually. And there's your little goatee fella there in the corner. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Baphometi. With his boobs. With his boobs. Well, I'll be explaining that before the end. Right. He's androgynous, you see. Can you ignore my boobs? No, no, me, Matt. That androgyny is one of the main themes of, of uh, what's going on here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, actually represented on that 
um, main image that the the big one with the satire square in the middle by the two triangles intersecting each other the masculine and the feminine becoming androgynous and I'll right. explain what that means later on cool but we get into Carl Jung I've got a bone to pick with Carl Jung <laughs> okay he got there before me. That's what the bone is. Right? <laughs> cool. Right. So uh, everything else around there are other things from Levy. So in that top right-hand corner, we have uh, El- uh, Eliphaz Levy's version of that same Wheel of Fortune. And mm. uh, to the left of that, we have uh, the Key to the Mysteries, which within it, again, we have this uh, dual triangle, making like a hexagram, this intersecting triangle. It's like the Star of David. Very much mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah. Um, it is that same symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have a cross with four directions there, like a compass, if you imagine it like that. Can you know the, the main cross that's going through it there? Yeah. Intersecting the triangle. Then around it, we have four symbols. Um, Leo, sorry, uh, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio is, is the eagle, and mm. the water is Aquarius. The, the Scorpio is eagle. Because it, now, if, if they're, we, they're interchangeable, aren't they? In, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, right. Scorpio, and be, because people. basically, the, the scorpion's not a very Christian or religious ideal. Okay. Uh, so they use uh, uh, there's three decans to every star sign. So they use the higher decan, which is like, well, essentially, and we'll get onto this later. What Scorpio represents is the genitals, and it's mm. a bit like a scorpion; it'll sting you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you can get, can get you in trouble, that one. <laughs> so a part of all this stuff, including Kundalini-style meditation, is basically taking that energy and converting it into something higher, into this, this bird. So often you'll get uh, an eagle and a snake. The eagle comes and grabs the snake. Right, that's a famous symbol, isn't it? It's is very famous and very powerful symbol, yeah. that one, when you think about it. Right. So on this image, we have the Satar Square. And we'll, we'll come to, to solve all these things as we go through. Yeah, because looking at it, like I'm looking at that, mm-hmm. and we've got the, the Star of David, the as above, so below, intersecting triangles. Uh-huh. We've got the four animals of the phoenix, or the zodiacal. Yeah. You know, you've got yeah. the, the Scorpio slash uh, eagle. eagle there, yeah. Um, the, the guy who represents Aquarius. Yeah. And then you've got Leo the lion, Taurus the bull. The bull. And in, but... Why this square of numbers in the middle? That doesn't seem to make any sense. Exactly, so that's like the the enigma, isn't it? And that's what has sent me to Rivington because right. what happened after I saw that for the first time was I went, "This guy's either mad or it he knows what he says at the bottom." And that is, it actually says at the bottom of that image, uh, the key to the major, the great arcanum, or something similar. I can't quite read it from here, right. but arcanum means secret, and the tarot cards are called the arcana. So right, and Levi was well into he was well into the tarot. It. Yes, it, well, he was well into all these things. Yeah, um, he was often derided. I think because he still had religious roots, and mm. his practice seemed to be through kind of a Catholic lens because he'd yeah. been a priest or something similar at some point. Mm. Cool. So, as you rightly described, we've got these four geezers around that Sator Square, and that, that'll really come into play later, as will Baphomet in that left-hand corner there, but we'll go into all these things as we get through. Okay. Next slide. Next slide. Okay, now, so, I've been on Wikipedia, <laughs> read that there are actually some Sator Squares in the country, and then suddenly seen one that said Rivington Chapel next to it. What? And then gone, oh my God, I literally live 10 minutes away 
jumped in the car, sped down there, and I actually filmed it. Now, these aren't from that film. These are from when I went down the day after or so. And I actually went and filmed it for an episode of a, a, a video I do for YouTube called The Secret Science. Link in the show notes, listeners. Well, I've not done anything on it for a while. No, but still, they're great. Yeah, and they're, and they're there. So they you should go and watch them. Yeah, go and watch The Secret Science. They're, they're funny, at least. <laughs> and you'll learn some stuff. See me being a goof. Eating so, bananas. Eating bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the Starship one? Yeah, that's I'm that. waiting. I'm waiting. Oh, that was mate, the trailer. No, I'm waiting for the full video. Yeah, well, that's, that's been put on hiatus till, till the book's I'm not done. surprised. The production quality <laughs> oh my is God. fucking mind-blowing. <laughs> ages, that one. Yeah, because I, I come from this background, don't I? I'm, I'm a video producer myself. Oh, right, okay. So, um, I've rushed down there. It's probably about one o'clock in the morning, and it's absolutely free. It was this time of year. No, it wasn't. It was December and it was really cold and I could see my breath and I was just really excited and turning a funny colour. And while I was there, you can hear me commenting live what I think. And the first thing I say is, these look like tarot images. Now, what I meant by that was they, they look like astrotheological images. <clears throat> Astrotheology is kind of the religion, the spirituality of the stars. Astro, the stars, Theo is God. So... I know him by his first name. So, <laughs> so uh, on that first pillar, pillar one, basically we've got four pillars, mm-hmm. three pillars, but the fourth one we're, we're going to totally ignore because it's just gobbledygook right on there. However, we've got this first pillar here that's kind of got these diamond things on it and lots of things that are very difficult to pick out. Second pillar, we've got a lion on there. We've already bumped into a lion once tonight. Right. Uh, Underneath that, we've got some snooker balls. <laughs> <laughs> Underneath that, we've got a steering wheel for a ship. Mm-hmm. Next to that, we've got a dude running over somebody on a horse. Is that the, the top right? Yeah, yeah, on the top right. And this next, so these are all actually pillars, and the pillars are often in two sections. So if you see two photos over each other, mm-hmm. it's because that's one pillar I've just divided up into two photos. Right, but yeah, okay. So hence pillar one, pillar two left, and then pillar two right next to it. Mm-hmm. So on that pillar two right at the top, we've got a guy that looks like he's walking on somebody on a horse that looks a bit like the death card. I don't think that anymore, but that was my thought at the time. And underneath that, we've got a chap that looks very much like the hermit from the tarot mm. next to a three-legged swastika. <laughs> oh, that's like the Isle of Man. Yeah, it is exactly like the Isle of Man. Thing, but that's it? very old. That that goes back to the Minoan civilization. However... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting beyond myself here. So right. all these things, I, d- I didn't think it was a snooker set of snooker balls, you know. <laughs> but a few of these other things that I'm, you know, these hints. So if we go on to the next slide, please. So on this other pillar, we've got two figures on the left side and then towards the right, where there's a lot less on the pillar, we've got this Sator square. So... It looks like we've got God on the top because he's over Jesus and he's got a big beard and he's got these things of rulership with him. He's got this big orb with a cross over the top like a king would have and he's got this rule for ruling. And underneath him is uh, a funky Jesus out in a white looking a bit chubby. Everyone here is like needs to go on a diet, basically. Yeah. They're all looking like, hmm. It's all very odd. You know, it's Christian... But not quite. Like the the Sator Square has originally been found in Greece, um, sorry, in Rome, in Pompeii, 
near, near Pompeii. So oh. that's pre-Christian. That's mm. the earliest example that's been found, is it? It is. And, right. and we'll move on to uh, who was using it later. Okay. Later on. So... Is we, it, is it, sorry, is it worth sorry. explaining just for the people who are listening the properties of the Sator Square, how it mirrors itself? It will. I'll do that now for you, seeing as we've asked, and then we can negate doing it a bit later on. Right. So it says... No, I'll tell you, we're not, we won't, we'll move on, because because what it says gives who oh, one right, of the okay. characters is oh, away. So we'll, right, we'll okay. move on to the next one. It's, it's quite quick, so. All right, okay. Right, so now we discussed the tarot, and now we can see how these things do actually look like tarot cards. We've mm-hmm. got the, the Lion there of Leo and the Strength card. Mm-hmm. We've got the Wheel of Fortune-looking thing there. Mm-hmm. We've got the Hermit in the top right. And then underneath that, we've got the emperor with his orb and scepter. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you can see how they're all very similar. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Now, I'm yeah. not saying I was 100% right, but this, I'm showing you where my inkling was coming from. Yeah. So I don't know how familiar your audience is with the tarot. Obviously, culturally, we think it's this, like, fortune-telling thing and a bit silly and very mm-hmm. new age. That wasn't what my trip said. <laughs> and when I started to look into the tarot, I did realise that, yes, those rumours about it coming from Egypt originally and this being the secrets of the ancients, it is true. I, I'm going to prove it during this presentation. And those cards are basically a storehouse of concepts very Jungian well look Carl Jung was doing this stuff so it's not very surprising that it's Jungian in the end Mm -hmm. Jungian as in relying on opposites and such similar devices that you know we see in lots of religions in in tarot it's fire and water in in the east it's yin and yang you know Mm -hmm. we we have these this duality thing everywhere is the as far as like the orthodoxy historical orthodoxy would that say that the tarot was it the Roman Egypties? Who, uh, for, who yeah. sort of credited with bringing well, it to Europe? Yeah, that was a rumor for a while, and then as they looked into the history, that wasn't true. But you got to remember that the gypsies are really Egypties. That that that's yeah. real, where they were said to come from. We have other peoples that we call gypsies. Do you know what I mean? C- certainly in Britain, we, we have this kind of slightly Irishy community yeah. that, that we call gypsies. In, in Europe, uh, gypsies are quite dark skinned. You know, it just depends where you're from. You know, we say Roman Egyptians as well. That's another lot. So mm-hmm. Gypsies has just become this this word that we use for traveling people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every, and that's that's the trick. It's the Egypt part of that. Mm-hmm. Now, they actually come from Venice <laughs> in the 1400s. We can't trace them back any further than that. But what you can trace back is the ideas, the secrets. You can compare and contrast because this is, these are symbols. And the thing about symbols is they don't require a language. They, they require a little cultural context and a, a little uh, grammar, as it were, on the zodiac and the planets and what people were thinking about those things. And you need to be able to kind of change your modern mind into the mind of the ancients in order to be able to get your head around it a little. But really all the mind of the ancients was is that they were a little more in touch with the unconscious self. And if you've read Jung, you'll know that actually one of the main problems with modern man is that we're not allowing that unconscious self up, which is there in the quiet times, basically. So uh, the tarot and what I'm about to discuss with you and a lot of other 
of these esoteric traditions is is displayed here. I would recommend the tarot to anyone. I really would. Be careful who you're learning from, but I really would. The best thing, you know, as, as a guy that went through university and, and has, you know, spent a lifetime learning martial arts and other similar things, the best thing I ever did with my life was learn tarot after that trip. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Next. Uh, Move on. Move mm-hmm. on. Right, I just, I want to swear, please. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it's, yeah, I've no idea. All right, right, so I've coloured these in at this point, and it's just a confusing mess. We've got some cheeky chap at the bottom with some hearts on his head, yeah. holding a, a phallic key with two... Oh, now that's a fame, that's a symbol that Levi references as well, the sort okay. of, like a double-ended cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that very soon. Cool. Uh, we've got this really weird diamond shape that the whole thing's in, and then it says Basidzi two. <laughs> Say that again. Basidzi two. It's it's that new Star Wars villain. Yeah, that robot one. Above that, we've got a triple coiled serpent that looks to me like it says six six six. Hmm. Uh, and then above that, we've got, look, what you, you know, if you're going to say Templar, that looks like mm. a, a, a Templar kind of, it's a, certainly a warrior religious so it, insignia. It's a white, it looks like a white shield with a red cross, yeah. which was yeah, the Templar that, yeah. uniform, yeah. the that, white mantle with the red cross on. That kind of permeates the Muggle world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Penetrates. <laughs> okay. And so, well, you, th- you think it might be something like the Logos, which is uh, often something... Uh, represented by a sword. The Logos is uh, an original principle that kind of creates things by dividing things up. You know, I've got a sausage, I cut it in half, oh, I've got two sausages now. That kind of an idea. <laughs> yeah. That's the crash course in the Logos, <laughs> which will take you years to understand. Then above that, we have the ubiquitous eye in a triangle. It's difficult to see, but the top of that pyramid is the eye in the triangle. Fucking hell, is that a snake's head below you, it? You're just below it, yeah. Wow. Okay. So the all seeing eye. Yes, the all seeing eye. I'd like to add that that underneath that that shield is actually the older tarot cards weren't like modern tarot cards. They were much slimmer and taller because of this to certain proportions, let's right. say, at this this time. But you can imagine if you're oh, listening right. to this okay. podcast, I'm sure that there are certain proportions out there that are more valued than others. Mm-hmm. And that that is the sh- shape of an original tarot card. Apart from the, the, the uh, bit that tucks under, the rounded bit at the yeah. bottom, that's the shape of a tarot card. Are we talking golden ratio, right? We are yeah. talking the golden ratio, my friend. Wow. So next to that, um, well, holding that, we've got these two arms. Okay, so I don't, I don't, I've not decoded anything there really. I've just told you a few features, but we'll, we'll go through and, and decode more things. Any questions? You did well to see all that, you know, because you've yeah. obviously highlighted. Yes. you've used different mm. colours to highlight the different bits. Yeah. But was it, was it like covered in moss or something when you first saw it? It was bloody covered in ants, red ants <laughs> that were biting all the time. I mean, not that, <laughs> not the first time that I'd gone, but when I went there in the spring, you know, when I thought the sun's going to be out a bit better and I can get some decent. Yeah. It's very difficult to get good light with them because of the walls around it and the other gravestones and where the sun goes. You've got to get up mm. at the crack of Steve to go on, you know. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> bloody Steve. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 
so we've got all these things Tons in on it. here. There's loads, yeah. so much. So, I mean, we, there's a word up the right-hand side that says summoning. I'm like, what's summoning? And there's a backwards P. It's just, it's just, you can say, yeah, it's a Christian thing. And like, what? What? If it's you're a drunk. Mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely just gobbledygook. And I mean, this plays into the sort of Templar connection, doesn't it? Because there are rumours, well, Templars worshipping Baphomet, for example, or... Well. And the time, did you say 13, late 1300s was it from? They were thinking it's from? Yeah, possibly from then. You know, they've not dated each of these individually. So was it, weren't the Templars like 1200s? And then obviously the they've gone to Scotland and Scotland's just round the corner, folks. 1307 mm. was when they were arrested. Okay. And then I think uh, it was about five years later, maybe, when Jacques de Molay was burnt. In front of the Notre Dame. Yeah. So, so it works with the timeline that mm. they would have... And it was only... People, I've got to remember, it's only in France. Philip only had jurisdiction in France to persecute the Templars. Templars so in other countries would have... And Gibraltar and other places, yeah. Malta, yeah. Knights of Malta. Gibraltar. The Knights of Gibraltar. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, a, Sorry, fa- that's a, a common... Um, Thinking that they maybe went to um, fight for Robert the Bruce, isn't it, in the Civil War? And yeah, like because they were essentially mercenaries at that point. They had they had no home, and it's like, what are you going to do? What are yeah. you good at? Well, we can fight people. And Robert the Bruce was Catholic as well, which helped. And I will note that the um, insignia of the Knights Templar and the Poor Knights of Christ share something with that androgynous principle, and that is that those. On the back of the horse of the symbol for the poor knights of Christ is two men sat on one horse, very close to each other. Now you can imagine what that means. Mm-hmm. And that was that was one of the charges that was levelled against them, wasn't it? Was uh, homosexuality? Well, it wouldn't oh. surprise me that they were doing all these things, kissing the anus in the initiation. Well, that seems like what they were charged with. That's <laughs> that's essentially black black magic, as in spycraft. As, as in, well, I can tell somebody you've kissed my ass on now. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah they were like, it's That's like, it it's like so being an Epstein. Is, and, is, yeah, is yeah, that where we kiss my ass comes from then? <laughs> I, 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 th- I think that's just uh, something we like to say to each other. <laughs> I, 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 well, I'm going to look into that. Are you still there, Ben? We can't see you on screen, so we don't know. Mm. Yeah, still here. It's, it's amazing so far. I'm a bit concerned that you've gone out to colour in these stones. Won't anyone be pissed <laughs> No, this is all done in Photoshop. I've gone out with, with a piece of chalk and some 10 year olds and just scribbled all over them. <laughs> right, should we move to the next one? Yes. Yeah, so, what I'd really like to say about this is that it, it's all gobbledygook and, you know, you can understand the Templar connection as you two guys have obviously so, picked up on. So, is this the. Um, this is the one that wasn't in the first picture of the three pillars. This isn't, yeah. This, this is the, the one, fourth pillar, the, is no, it? The, so this is just, I've just coloured this. This is the very first one you saw. This is oh, pillar, right, pillar sorry, one, right, okay, as I call okay, it. Okay, okay. So you've not, you'll never see the fourth pillar. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so I've just coloured this in because all the reference photos from now on in the majority are going to be coloured in just right, so okay. we can see them properly. No problem, yeah. I'm just I just scroll, can't believe scroll. that these would have been used in a, <laughs> in a Christian <laughs> chapel. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, well, it's someone's garden I was thinking about, like, yeah. next to his daffodils. Isn't it mad, yeah? It's how much it's changed, I suppose, isn't it, yeah. over the years? Oh, well, can... once we get to grips with that Satar Square, we can start to see this line of, of thinking, this line of, of, of uh, religious thinking. Religious, spiritual, magical, 
I don't know. It's it's difficult to say at this point because it's all very technique based. Everything that I discovered. Wow. Yeah. So there's like physical things to it. Next life, you don't move on. So right now we've we spoke about this guy. Uh, he's Leo. Now he's a very unusual Leo, isn't he? Because mm. I, okay, his it's tail's green. I've done that. I don't. <laughs> I don't think he's got a snake for a tail. However, we can see that he's got like a, a lion's body. He's got a ring through his mouth. He's got. <sighs> Two horned crowns, Whoa. an A above his head, and a very strange knight's helmet on with this kind of double D-looking object on his face. Now, that A and that double D object is somewhat to do with the family crest, but not only. We'll see uh, later on. Sorry, <laughs> go on. We'll, we'll see later on where that comes from. But I, I, what I want to say is but it's got a man's head, with mm-hmm. with kind of a beak face. Okay. <laughs> a, a ring through its nose, which is the bull. Yeah. It's a fucking phoenix, man. It, it, it's a, a, a sphinx. <laughs> a sphinx, a sphinx yeah, it's a sphinx. It's a sphinx. Holy. It's got horns as well. It's got, you know, it's, it's just about... I think that ring in its mouth, if this is Leo, Aquarius, Taurus, and Scorpio, but mainly being Leo... Okay that this A is also pointing to Alpha Leonis, which is called Regulus. It's a star called Regulus, the heart of the lion. Now, the thing about these four angels, also known as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to the Bible, and you'll see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John symbolized by these characters, a lion, a bull, an eagle, and a man. These four guys have bright stars that sit on the ecliptic. Now, you might not have heard that word before, word before, listeners. However, it's important to remember it, and it's really quite easy. It's the plane on which the planets move around the sun. It's like a disc, isn't it? That everything is quite flat, within a very small variable, and everything goes around the sun. That's the ecliptic. Mm. And there are four stars on that ecliptic in these zodiac signs. The zodiac signs are the background of the stars against the, the ecliptic, against that disc. As you know, you know Saturn's in in juxtaposition with Capricorn and all that <laughs> stuff, do you know what I mean? That's because Saturn will actually go through Capricorn. Yeah. It won't go through, you know, the plough, mm-hmm. because the plough's way up near the North Pole star. Yeah. So there's this flat disc that all the planets travel around. Each one of these animals, these zodiac signs, has a bright star that sits on the ecliptic. Wow. Okay. And they were very important in the past for denoting the seasons and other similar things to tell the time. Because they're equally spaced across the zodiac, aren't they? Exactly. It's 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock. You are... Way ahead of yourself. That's fantastic. No, I, lo- I love you. Every, every everything I've said, you you've been a, a move ahead. It's the, the um, go on. Nice. Oh, I just wanted to say you, you, man- you mentioned the four apostles mm-hmm. being linked to the four. Did they call them the cardinal signs? It's the four cardinal. Those directions. are the four fixed signs. Fixed those signs. Yes, those are the four fixed signs of alchemy. Now there is <clears throat> there is Old Testament angels uh, related <laughs> to these four signs, isn't there? there? Are the cherubim of Ezekiel, Michael, Gabriel. And two others. <laughs> All right, don't, those, I, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, you've gone slightly off, but the, the, in, in Ezekiel's taken up to see heaven, basically, and he sees angels, and they have 
the countenance, very biblical word, the countenance of a lion, a bull, an eagle, and a right. man. Right, cool. And he, and he sees wheels within wheels, which is very interesting in context of that satar square, because on the, on the satar square is the word rotas, which means wheels. Uh-huh. And these four... Um, Signs are linked to the four elements as well. Absolutely, Earth, yeah. Fire. There's just so much. These people maybe who haven't read about this sort of stuff or have not been interested in before. These uh, four fixed signs are so symbolically mm-hmm. heavyweight, aren't they? Absolutely, there's, yeah. There's just, you can just go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole learning yeah. these different interconnections and links mm-hmm. and uh, meanings of these signs. Yeah. You know, but it's uh, exciting uh, to uh, see them all in this, in, in this, this carving. Yeah, yeah. so... I mean, you, you are absolutely right that the 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 bull Taurus is earth. Uh, the lion is uh, fire. Aquarius is actually an air sign. This seems convoluted, but it's correct, and you'll see why later on. Uh, because essentially, Aquarius carries the water. He isn't the water; he's carrying it. Mm-hmm. And then you got Scorpio represented by the eagle Aquila there at the top, which is a water sign. Scorpio's fixed water, and the, they are symbolic of the middle of the season. You know, mm-hmm. the middle of summer, that sun is roaring hot. You know, it's its most, especially if you're from a hot country, mm-hmm. you go out in the middle of summer. Oh my God, no, go back <laughs> in again. Yeah. I want winter, please. Uh, and the same for every every season, Aquarius, the, the rainy season, mm-hmm. uh, and um, much, much lauded for it, its uh, synchronicity with the inundation of the Nile and hence fertility. And, you know, mm-hmm. we'll get into these things later. <laughs> yeah. well. at, at every point you've been ahead. So it's really, it's really good to see that you're so boned up on this. Right. So there's Ezekiel. <laughs> so we've got Ezekiel there in the top left-hand corner that you were just mentioning with a lion, a bull, an eagle, and a man around him. And he's also got a book on his lap with uh, seven seals on it. Okay. Which is obviously Revelation. The, yep. the, the apocalyptic stuff in the Bible. And then above him, uh, you, you can't quite see because I didn't think to, I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven candle lights above him that look quite suspicious in the shape, don't you think? Like, like crosses to me. Yeah, they, well, if you got the like little uh, lamps, so that's a flame coming out of the top. So if you extinguish the flame, you can imagine what those would be looking Is like. Is that. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, right. Got you. Right. So below that, we've got Jesus with the four evangelists around him Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, I think the actual names are on that, if you can see well enough. We certainly can't see well enough here, but maybe at home you can see that. Uh, you know, Matthew, Lucas, our Mark. Uh, Ioannis. Ioannis, that's correct. <laughs> and we'll see, we'll see Oannis later on in this. Uh, okay, so we can see there we've, we've got, um, I mean, everyone heard sometime in August, it's, but certainly if you're on Facebook or something like that, all the hippies going, oh, it's uh, Lion's Gate. It's Lion's Gate time and, and it's a it's a cleansing of the season and all this lot. Well, the Lion's Gate is because Leo is in opposition to Aquarius, two of these stars we've been talking about. And then when you see Leo pop up in the morning, that means that Aquarius is on the opposite side of it. You can see it at night. And that's when the, the the Nile floods. So in Egypt, it was very important to them to, to have this, you know, this lion symbol. However, we've mentioned the Sphinx. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the oldest Sphinx is, is up there from uh, Babylon. 
mm-hmm. current day Iran. And we can see he's got bull's horns, a lion's body, wings of a bird, and a man's face. That is, ladies and gentlemen, a sphinx. A very mm. old one, but it's a sphinx. And again, it's this condensation of these four points on the zodiac. Uh-huh. The lion, the bull, the eagle, and the man. The The sphinx itself down there is just the lion and the man part of that, as far as I can determine. That thing's so beaten up and knackered that it can't derive much from it. Do you know what I mean? I thought it did have wings, didn't it, as well? The Egypt one, am I making that I don't, up? I think it's that no, eroded. Right, right, and yeah. it's like, has the face been recarved? Yeah, what would, you know? I mean, yeah. am I the only one who's also in the Babylon one seen a penis on its head? Yeah, yeah, it does have a phallic head. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. <laughs> right, okay. And that, that'll come in. You'll see You'll the, the, the many allusions to the old phallus in this. Thank God. And just you'll see, you'll just see, see why. to see that. I know. Well, you know, they always say, when you get these academics that actually don't know what the hell they're talking about, they always say, oh, it's a fertility, right? It's a fertility ritual. It's a fertility this, it's a fertility that. And it's like, it's a big whopper wanger with boobs (laughs) on it. You know, it means something. It's not just about fertility. There's, yeah, there's other things going on. We tend to, yeah, we tend to treat people as quite, uh, primitive and yeah. uh, yes. unsophisticated, and uh, yeah, that's the famous one. It's just they didn't have iPhones though, did they? <laughs> or did they? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, the there won't ancient... be any evidence of them now. <laughs> the ancients saw it in the opposite direction. They saw that there was a golden age in the past. Yeah, actually right. ru- ruled by somebody who will find out because that oh, is right, a, okay. to do with this lecture. But yeah, as as we see idiots in the past, they saw the true genius in the past. Mm. Now, I can see why, because they're thinking about it in a cosmic scale, and that will, too, be revealed by this androgyne that we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Right. However, what what we've said so far is essentially there are these four points on the zodiac that denote a cross, and they answer what is known as the Riddle of the Sphinx. Uh, there, there is a famous, I think it comes from Greece, actually, Riddle of the Sphinx, that isn't the real riddle but alludes to it. Oedipus. Uh, yes, and that is... Um, He's basically asked to, to solve this riddle, and it's uh, what walks on four legs in the morning, mm. two in the afternoon, and three in the evening. Mm. Well, it's actually talking about the old calendar, right? It's man. The answer's man for everybody out there. <laughs> You're a kid, a toddler, you know, walking on all fours. Then you walk on all one, two, sometimes stumbling around, but then <laughs> it gets to three because you've got a walking stick. Yeah. It's really an allusion to the seasons mm-hmm. because... Uh, like we saw on the swastika-style booted Isle of Man symbol before, those are the three legs of the year. The ancients didn't always have, depending on where you went to, mm-hmm. certainly in Egypt, they had three seasons oh. for the majority of time. Right. In Babylon, Sumeria, doesn't look that way. These are their four seasons. Right. Uh, right, so if we go to the next slide... So what we now have is this cross, and we have here the answer to what that double-headed key was. There in the centre of the frame at the bottom is crossed keys with two crucifixes on them, and within the, the ringlet at the bottom are four little nubs. Yeah. So we're looking at these crosses. Uh, those are the Pope's keys on the Pope's ID. Those are the um, keys of St. Peter, the keys to heaven. So now we're looking at the heavens, and these are the keys to the cross. So, so we get. Uh, it was mentioned before that there's a car, that's cardinal signs in the zodiac, fixed signs, and then mutable signs. We don't need to worry about the mutables. 
the fixed signs are the ones we've already discussed, which are these four on the zodiac, on this ecliptical uh, plane. And then we have the cross of the equinox, solstice, equinox, winter solstice. And that is Aries for spring. And so on. And I'm not going to keep, I'm going to bust everybody's heads open. But those the ones that are in blue, light blue on the so bottom. So on that, the light blue is what I'm calling the galactic cross. And the ones in red are the sun cross. So if you look to the right of that sun cross, you can see the little um, ram there for Aries between Gemini and Cancer at the top. You can see another one for the summer solstice. Right. Then the winter solstice at the beneath that is between Capricorn and Sagittarius, and then Libra and. Um, All right, so they're on the cusp. They're in between. Exactly. Signs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's literally, uh, you know, the, the on the twenty first of April, which is when Aries the Ram comes in. That's the, the start of spring. Right. Yeah. So and the old New Year, that was the old New Year, Easter. Easter time, yeah. yeah when, right. when the when the when life began, you know yeah. that that's when you know the the year doesn't begin just after you've died, kind of thing, which is the winter solstice it doesn't begin really in January. You can see why they do that, mm-hmm. but we're not going to get into that. No, you How could I, spend ages going like, why we have Christmas exactly. and Christmas, <laughs> and well, we're gonna we are going to get into that. Everything <laughs> we say, we're going to get into that. So this is what I mean. This is the key to all the religions and everything. It really is. So next to that, we've got uh, on the left of those two cross keys, we have those two cross keys put together in that double key from the pillar, which has the two crosses on each of the the heads oh, of the key. Oh yeah, right. So. Um, those are represented by the two pillars of masonry, uh, Boaz and Yakin. If you look at the Boaz there with the B on it, it's got the planet Earth at the top, which is this sun cross of the solstice and the equinox. And then it's got one uh, of the zodiac band going around the ecliptic on that Jarkin pillar. And that is this galactic cross that I'm talking about, which if you look on the right-hand side at the flags, we've got the sun cross for the British flag, for the English flag. The Scottish flag is the galactic cross. You put them both together, you get the Union Jack. Jack means sun. It's an old word for the sun. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then beneath that, we've got um, <coughs> the Jolly Roger. Now, it's well known in esoteric circles that that, uh, that cross underneath the, the head, that head is representing Saturn. We'll get into this later. But death, Saturn, Father Time, this character on a, on a black flag, that's Saturnian. So the, oh, sorry, go on. Jolly Roger, we're thinking, we talked about um, not Freemasonry, Templars. Templars. So the Jolly Roger, the Templars flew on the ships. Yeah, yeah. did they, right? And it's also very important with Freemasonry. It is, yeah. Um, Jolly Roger. It's the, right. it's the sign of Negredo from uh, alchemy, which is transposed into, it's basically the death state, like well, uh, like the, a dark night of the soul kind of situation, where you've died essentially, and, and the old you's got to go. And there's new you's got to come out of it. And what they're doing is that cross there. So let's, let's, uh, uh, those two bones are essentially the two pillars that, mm-hmm. that are upright, the, the B and J pillar. And what it is, is that if you imagine that plane of the ecliptic where the planets are, that, that, that has, that's one pole. If you take a North Pole for that, you know, like a spinning top, it had a North Pole to it. Mm-hmm. So that's one, that's that J pillar. Now, the trick is with the Earth, this B pillar, 
it's off skewed off to one side at 23.5 degrees on average. And that is the angle between those two crosses on the Jolly Roger. Give up. (laughs) So so what they're really saying is, uh, (laughs) and is the point of this presentation is how to get over what they saw was fate. Fate is going through the Zodiac as the planets and doing things to them. And what they're doing is, sod all this, let's go and do our own thing. Right. Okay. Yes, mate. <laughs> the, pe- the people who, who made that Jolly Roger yes. back in Templar times or uh, however far back, mm-hmm. how did they know that the Earth's wobble was at 23 and a half degrees to be able to put that on their sign? Well, Phil, believe it or not, that's something that's going to come later <laughs> in this thing. It's wild. It's every every time I've got something, you're asking the question. <clears throat> Amazing. Right, synchronicity. Let's carry on. So, now, we have the four angels, the four symbols around that uh, Wheel of Fortune on the left there, this tarot card. We have the lion, the bull, the eagle, and the man, and then we have this wheel in the middle. And it's the same over and over and over again. It's the same on the uh, Eliphaz Levy document. It's the same on other cards in, in tarot. And uh, I've put that third card on there specifically because it has 14 little flags around the outside, as does mine on, on these pillars. So this this wheel, which does look like a ship's wheel, there are 14 little flags. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. How, where's the card from? How is that an old card or a modern card? That one is from, oh God, I've got this deck. It's an expensive deck called the Tarot Masonic, which was done by a French mason, basically, right. who, who's in, into all this stuff. So it's, is it mo- fairly modern? Yeah. Right. It's, okay. I think it's from the 70s or 80s. It's, right. it's very nicely done. All the yellow one has like gold leaf kind M- of Maybe thing. he'd been to Rivington and he saw the flags <laughs> on the <laughs> well, stone. Uh, frankly, the only place I could find any detailed information at all, which is no detail at all, <laughs> was from a French site, a, a French hermeticist that had been over looking at them. So Really? Right. Okay. Mm, that's interesting. But it, honestly, it was just basic details about where he found it. And Rivington! 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 <laughs> you could see it in the way he'd written it. He was speaking. Like Ryan, um, yes, far left of that third card. Far left of the third card. The Say that yeah. again. There's initials JB. Is that going back to those um, pillars you showed in the previous? Uh, that's actually the artist. That's the artist. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's, it's Jim Ball. I thought it was Jatsin and Boaz. <laughs> Jim Bowen. Jim Bowen. Bullseye, though, mate. <laughs> Not a good spot, though, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah very good. Oh, yeah. At least I thought you had gone asleep. Yeah, Eyes of a hawk. Uh, yeah, I thought you'd be doing emails by now. <laughs> <laughs> so the four, got so an eye for the irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the 14 flags. Which which points that this wheel of fortune carving on the stone again is related. The, to these the are related, yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically, basically that we can we can see that all these things are mega related, and you know we are onto something here. Absolutely, <laughs> and that is the wheel of fortune. The wheel of fortune, as I said, is basically the the spin of the heavens, the 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 turn of the year. You can see on the far left card that you've got uh, like a northeast, south, and west, and I'm citing that that is the solstice cross, and the the, the cross next to it 
is the Galactic Cross. Now, if you look around, ah. it says Taro, T-A-R-O. Yeah. And you've also got, if, if you look from the, the, the T at the top oh. and look right, it's got, this is Hebrew, it says yud Hey vav Hey, which is basically Yehovah, Yahuwah, Yehovah. It's the name of God. It's the name of God, which the, the, the Jews couldn't say else they got stoned. Absolutely. Yehovah, you're my saying Jehovah. That's Python. Yes, for wow. anybody out there. Yeah. Uh, so w- we'll see later on. These things turn up again on, on, on our pillar. I, I want to show you a different one. So if we go on to the next. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we're going to look at the Satar Square. So, yes. So this is the Maltese cross. This is the Maltese cross, or the Templar cross, you could call mm. it. So ignore the cross for a moment, everybody. Mm. And we're just going to look at the, the actual Satar Square itself. Now, it's, <laughs> it, it says Satar, Aripo, Tenet, Opera, Rotas, reading from the top left to the bottom right. Mm-hmm. And now, you can read that from the bottom right to the top yeah. left as well. You can read it in lots of different directions. It's, mm-hmm. it's called a magic square. Normally, magic squares are done with numbers. But in this case, yeah. it's done with letters. The letters can be transposed to numbers. Mm-hmm. However, we're not going to do that right now. I'm not in this presentation because I really don't want to bore you. <laughs> so, what does it mean? It's Latin. Sator means sower. Aripo is probably a word. For uh, sorry, uh, a noun for somebody's name, uh, it's definitely a word. Tenet means to hold, opera is the work, and rotas is the wheel. So the sower, Aripo, holds the works of the wheels. Mm-hmm. Is that sower is in sowing seeds? Sowing seeds, like a farmer or yep. a father. Oh, yep. okay. Now. Is that backwards and forwards? Yeah, always backwards and peers forwards. Right. Let's just see if Ooh. I did it right. So I'll show you this one first, and we'll go, then we'll go yeah. backwards. There is an our father. There is a father actually. And co- if you split up the, the the letters, this wasn't done by me. If you split up the letters, you get out of it Pater Noster, which means our father. Yeah. Right. So obviously, everyone out there is going to think our father who art in heaven, hallowed be all that stuff. However. They weren't the first to use that phrase. So we've got this sower, the progenitor, the father. Yeah. Aripo, probably something like Harpocrates or, or Saripo, who is Serapis, who I think it is. So we've got an S next to that, so you can quite easily, with a bit of wordplay, make, make Saripo there. And it's, got, it's going back to Egypt again. It is Serapis. Egypt at the Apis Bull. And, bull, yeah. yeah, the Apis bull and Osiris mixed together, who is a Saturnian figure. We've got Sator oh, at the top, okay. though, as in Saturn. In yeah. fact, Serare, the same root word as the, the, the root word for Sator, Serare, Soa, is the same root word for Saturn. It's the same word, essentially. If you go from the S at the top left and go mm-hmm. down to and across to, yeah. Saturn. S A T. Satin. N. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, funny enough, that would make a swastika. So I saw this about two nights ago as well, but I'm, I'm oh, still yeah, look. Yay, with what it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but, but who is Saturn? Who is that word? Who's that then? Who is S A T N? Say it properly. Satan. 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 Yeah. Same character. We'll yeah, see yeah. that later on. Shit. Right. Brick. So, 
it's not for everybody out there though this isn't satanism it, it, you got to understand all these gods are duality mm. so there's a good side to jupiter there's a bad side to jupiter well these these the, the you know they talk about the seven sins the the seven uh uh what are they called um, con- uh, seven sacraments in Christianity? Seven, whatever. There's seven seven number virtues for and seven vices is what I mean. Right, yeah. So these are actually the seven planets. So like things like gluttony would, would be Jupiter. Uh, uh, but, you know, on, on the other hand, that might just be like affluence or something like that. Mm-hmm. So all these things are dual. Saturn's the same. Because Saturn's obviously here. The fa- he's the father who sows. So you got it basically says Saturn... This guy, the sower Saturn, holds the work of the wheels, holds the works of the wheels. What are the works of the wheels? Well, we've already had a wheel of the Zodiac. And if we now look at this Templar cross, it says Aeon, who is actually the father of Saturn. Aeon is, it kind of means infinity. It's come to mean something slightly different now, and it's used in both contexts within these pillars. But Aeon's very important here. Aeon is essentially, and I'll use this as a teaser, he is the god of the Force from Star Wars. (coughs) Right? He's the god of the Force. I'll also call it the sexual Force or the libido, as in Jungian, uh, even Freudian libido, just, just understood better. So Aeon's... The father of Saturn. His wife is called Eternitas, which if you go A-T-E-R, <laughs> it's there, basically. Eternitas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you can follow in a straight line without, without messing around too much, but it's there. And as you can imagine, Eternitas kind of means eternity. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I just want to note right now that an Aeon is actually... In modern day parlance, it's a, it's a large period of time. Yeah. Over the aeons. We'll leave it there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Gnostic connotation there as well. No! Stop it, man! <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Every <laughs> time. Shut up, Anna. <laughs> no, carry on. I'm loving it. I love uh, yeah, the I'll, best questions, really are. I love the way in the carving they've made a compass out of the A. It's like a, it's another, yeah. Like yeah. A, <clears throat> a square and compass. Yeah, it's a Freemasonry, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, if you I went, can't believe you've managed to see that. Yeah, if, I would never have noticed that. If you see the uh, the A, the there's the, the the bracket that will go across the center is is a V pointing down, and if you extended the the lines of that V would look like the comp, uh, the the square to the compass of the rest of the A from the Masonic symbol. Mm. So um, basically, we've got wrote the word rotas wheels. Well, we've already seen the word tarot rota around that wheel of fortune before so we know we're getting somewhere now we're getting somewhere <laughs> paternoster and you got alpha and omega there which is the beginning and the end yeah. paternoster was the uh, name of a ritual to the cult of Mithras the Mithraic religion came from uh, Rome and probably Persia before then. Certainly the ideas came from Persia. Uh, got into Rome where one of these mystery cults, these mystery traditions, much like the Masons, you, you swear an oath, you, they, they had a sacramental meal where something happened uh, and they did it in a cave and 
you know, there's all these very mysterious things going on and you you basically got what was called Gnosis, which is kind of knowledge of, of well, knowledge of eternity. Mm. Now, Pater Noster was the name of the seventh ritual, which was the ritual of the seventh planet, which is Saturn. And although I've not included here, we do actually have a mosaic which includes the ritual implements associated with that rite. And wow. among them is a scythe, which is one of Saturn's many the time attributes the side, for the time. Yeah. yeah. So do you, do you mind oh. if I keep pressing the button? Yeah, I feel like I'm pe- taking your job off. That's, yeah. No, it's fine by me. <laughs> so um, on this pillar, I'm I put in forth, and I'll, I'll give it ap- absolute proof in a moment that this is Saturn. Chubby, chubby Saturn. Chubby Saturn. It's not. It's not Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Jehovah. Same guy. The the the, the, the Christian God. It is the Christian God, but it's not the one that you're normally given. I'm saying that this guy above Jesus here, the God on this pillar, is Saturn. And actually, when you read into the myth of Jesus, if you're to read it from a pagan context. We're all grown-ups. We know nothing happened in isolation. Trigger, trigger warning. Trigger yeah, warning. Yeah. I'm so, look, look, everybody. It's of my opinion. Uh, it's not of my opinion. It's pretty much fact. But it's of my opinion that essentially all religions come from each other. They all intermingle and all swap values. And they're, they're all, because beneath it all is an actual uh, sense and logic. It wouldn't seem like it over the top, but there is underneath. And we'll reveal that here, that, that you know... Um, None of these things happen in isolation. They, they, they all have the root amongst each other and probably from this Prisca theologia that I'm delineating today. Right. So, right, we've got this ruler guy who is, he's holding a wheel kind of a thing there, isn't he? I know it's an orb, but, you know, orb wheel. What's, what's that? What's that thing? Is that, what's it called? The, uh, the scepter in the... the... It's actually called the... Uh, I do know this on a normal day. The Arbus Monday, something like that. It's like no, when you see like a, a king being, uh, what's it called? Being crowned. Crowned, yeah. They get yeah. that, don't they? The ball and the Yeah, scepter. yeah, and the scepter is, is, is things as well. What, one's kind of showing the earth. Mm-hmm. And one is showing like the rulership I rule over. It's a measure. It's a weight and a measure. Right, Because okay. one of the most important functions for kings in the past to keep everybody from squabbling was to put, you know, the measurements down. Like, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll trade this much for this much in, in the market, whatever it'll be. Right. You know, he, he, he sets out these things. Okay. And, you know, look, this, this secret science, as I call it, has a lot to do with weight and measure eventually. Mm. Those aren't the most fun things about it, but they are extraordinary, as we'll see later <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we've got Funky Jesus there on a Y cross, uh, uh, in a Y shape on a T cross. And we've got Saturn there with basically a T cross and a, an X cross. So we're getting this double, double cross thing again. And if you look at Jesus's nappy, uh, <laughs> you can see it's in an X cross that looks very much like that ecliptic cross of yeah. the skull and crossbones. Yeah. Galactic cross. Galactic, Galactic cross, cross yeah. as I'm calling it. Yeah. So this is proof now that we've got something very, I'm going to say, <clears throat> because I don't know any better, this Templar Mithraic thing. You know, the cult of Mithras absolutely landed in Britain. You know, many of these, Osiris and Isis landed in Britain as Serapis, you know, um, and Isis. They didn't bother changing their names. They weren't that original. Uh, so what we've got here is um, 
on the left we've we've got the this this god Saturn who by the way under his our right hand if we look at his right foot if we're looking at it there's that Sator square underneath his right foot yeah it's actually his left foot but as we look at it it's on the right oh, yeah. so that's another thing saying Saturn 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 <laughs> however on <laughs> under his arm he's kind of carrying a bag. Oh God! And Not on, an ancient handbag. An ancient handbag. <laughs> He's got an ancient handbag, and at the bottom of it is these two. Ooh. This bee-looking thing on its back. Can you see that? Just like a letter B on its back. Is that the bigger one in the middle? There? The, the, you look at the big one in the oh, middle. Oh right, part. yeah, the middle. Yeah, the, yeah. I've, I've blown it up for you in the an middle. An unturned yeah. bit, capital B. B, yeah. yeah. And if you look on this, the Saturnus woodcut oh. there on the right, he's holding a bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. only that. If you look at the centre bottom image, we've got a, a, a medieval Christian depiction. Remembering that you know this this stuff was still out there. They were still looking at it. They were still practicing it. Mm. You know, it, it, even quite openly sometimes. This is from the so-called lost book of Nostradamus, where mm. we see uh, a, a picture of Saturn with it looking like a, a, a monk or like a, a, getting a hermit vibe from it. <laughs> Um, he's got his scythe there to to do his cutting. We'll go into this later. He's got one leg next to him, (laughs) and and he's got yeah. Well, it's not because if you see, (laughs) nothing's fucking by accident. (laughs) Not at all. Well, everything is there for a reason. He's got a peg leg on the next image. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's the same thing, right? And we'll 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 see about this in a minute again. So then, if you look to that monk's. Our bottom left, it's got a bee on its back again. Looking further left, we can see a shield. If we look further left on the left-hand image, there's like a black shield with these yeah. these upside-down Ds. If you just flip that round your head, it's these bees again. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the Anderton family uh, coat of arms. Yeah, This Anderton family that owned this chapel that had this church in it, that's a black shield for Saturn. Those handcuffs are a Saturnian symbol for... Lots of things, but essentially it's Saturn's power of limitation. I'm bound. It's his binding power. Right. Now, these Andertons might well have said in a Christian context, I'm binding myself to God. And actually that is true, but not the God that you think it is. Oh. So. Tease. In, in uh, well, it's Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got this uh, this monk guy in, in his hand. He's holding essentially what's you know, it's, it's a it's a Lancashire rose, but it's a wheel. It's a wheel. Yeah, I can see that. So we've had this wheel of fortune. We, we've got this this scythe. We've got this one leg. We've got these handcuffs. This guy basically is Saturn. He's holding the, the handcuffs. Everything about him to me straight away said Saturn on the pillar. On the pillar. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Our guy is Saturn. He's got the bag. He's got the globe, which we'll see come up a few times. Uh, which is absolutely related to the Wheel of Fortune and everything else that we've seen. All these things are totally interrelated. So what we can see there with Saturn as well is that uh, we're going to begin looking at a few of his other attributes in order to to get down to the bottom of this puzzle. So we can see on his bottom left there, we've got Aquarius the water bearer, and to his just behind his peg leg is Capricorn the goat. He's holding his scythe, he's got his bag, and he's got a sickle as well. Those two things are interchangeable. And he's an old codger with a beard and a, and a winter coat on. And his name is Saturnus. So if we go on to the next image. Right, so we talked about Saturn's power being 
of limitation. And that's due to the fact that Saturn was the, the furthest planet away from, you know, that the, the, they were able to see. Mm-hmm. According to them, there were seven planets. C- can you see the other two with the naked eye? I presume, can you? No. Can you not no. see Uranus? No. <laughs> In the mirror. Well, Neptune. Not without you mirror. Is that right? Can you not see him with the naked eye? No. U- Uranus right, okay. to the ancients is Aeon. The same god Aeon. What? And and his name in uh, Latin is Kalis. Remember the Klingon god man, Kalis? No, I don't. Do you, Did you know, you're not a Star trek guy? There was a Klingon god man called Kalis. Well, that's where we get the word celestial from. Kapla! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, was that, wasn't that a game from the 80s where you had marbles <laughs> and pulled out <laughs> strong? <laughs> Kaplunk! Yeah, they say to each other. Kaplunk. <laughs> pop up pirate. Anyway, pop up pirate. So, um, so beyond Saturn was the celestial sphere, the, the where, where the zodiac is, and all these other things. This, this, his father Aeon, who who is the the celestial sphere, Kalis. So Saturn is the last planet out that they could see. It took the longest to go around the Earth, as they saw it. Obviously, they had a geocentric view of these things. And so, according to their philosophy, based on opposites, he's not the centre, he's the outside. Now, coming from your centre, he's the last one. But coming from somebody else's centre, he's the first one. So he's Alpha and Omega. He's the first and the last. And and because he he's the first god... You know, the, the, there are gods beyond him, like we just said, Aeon, stroke Uranus, Uranus, my anus, is, is <laughs> beyond the celestial sphere. Uh, because, um, okay, I've, I've, got to, I've got to kill something I want to show a bit later on, but, but it's worth going over it. And that is that, that basically Aeon is infinity. His wife was eternity. And to much of an extent, he is infinity. So Saturn, with his sickle, cuts off the penis... Of, of his father right cutting off his power that's his power power source you know it's, it's all symbols this yeah. so so he cuts off and cutting off the power of eternity is time you've got a beginning and the end Fuck. an alpha and an omega mm-hmm. so here we have Capricorn and Aquarius which is is the the two signs that he's under which is Capricorn's the death of the old year because because the sun is hits the solstice in winter yeah, and uh, Aquarius is January, so we've gone into the new, new whatever's year. going on now. It is new, so we've got this Alpha and Omega. January is the god; it comes from the god Janus, which is this this double headed god who is just another epithet for Saturn, the god wow. of time, the beginning, and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. That's amazing. Right now, <laughs> the name for Saturn in Greece was Kronos, which is where we get the word chronological from time. Right. If we look, there are two coins there. It's got a PX on it, which is called a Chi roll. Now, what I'm saying is, is that that actually, this symbol is related to this galactic cross and this Earth pole, and is basically telling the time. So that Chi roll, which was seen as a Christian symbol, which isn't, they, they said that um, Constantine used it, and when he when he swore and changed Rome to Christianity, nonsense. It was the symbol of Kronos before then. This time god, because when you look up and watch the heavens move, you see mm-hmm. time moving, and the heavens moving is symbolised in that 
if we look at that image of Saturn there, Saturn does two things. He's famous for the mo the most famous the, the thing he's most famous for is eating his own children, which is essentially just saying he's time. Everything that he makes, he kills regeneration. Exactly, yeah. mm -hmm. that there's his power. His power's in regeneration. However. As it looks from where we are, look, your, your molecules might get regenerated, you know, t taken away, reincarnation, anything like that. Your molecules re may well get regenerated as worm poo, you know, and and we we kind of bless the earth with what we have been. Do you know what I mean? And, and that helps everything grow. Beautiful. However, it's this devouring aspect of time that this, this is symbolizing. Although, as we'll see a, a little later on, that this child is essentially the new year as well. He's hoary old Capricorn, and that child is the Aquarius New New Year, and you'll see on lots of old-fashioned cards that that Saturn, Father Time, they'll they give you New Year's card, and it'll have Father Time on there with an old man and a kid next to him for the New Year, mm. and then and, and you'll see clocks around them and like you know the year before, the year after. It's the same Janus January, you know. We, we I don't know what it's like in other places in Britain, but where I grew up, you'd open the window on New Year's. Day, uh, New Year's Eve to let out the old year and let in the new. It's this idea of a, a two-way thing going on, this power of death and regeneration, as, as Phil just said. Just going back to the, the Cairo that you've got there, mm -hmm. it's a famous sort of Christian symbol. Very Have you yeah. found examples of the Cairo that, again, incorporate the 23 and a half degree? Well, funnily enough, yes, originally the, the angle of that X over the P, as it were, mm. It is was originally the same that twenty three and a half degree. That's fucking that blows my mind. Isn't it that mad that? So mind. I'll get on to why that is in a sec. But if you look to the car, if you look to the coin to the left of that, this gold looking coin, originally it wasn't called a Cairo. It was called a Tauro. Tau is T R. No. Yes, Taro. Taro, and it's a P and a T. Mm -hmm. And we've got a P in, if, if you look in the, in the center of this, uh, at the, the wood P, uh, the wood, the stone P there that's taken from the pillars, it's a P and a T combined together. It's a Tauro, oh, which my... essentially is an ankh, isn't it's it? It's an ankh. It's an ankh. Right, so. Egyptian ankh. You it's know, an Egyptian yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're familiar. So we'll see later on, these are all essentially the same symbol. So now we've, we've, we've not only have we got this Wheel of Fortune uh, to the bottom left, if we look on, I've highlighted some green letters. Mm -hmm. Oh, I tell you what, it's a slightly older image. This, if if we go around this, so if, if it's kind of tough to see because some of it's in shade. But if we look at the very bottom, it says uh, DCLX there in in purple. I'll point to it for you guys. Yeah. But it's at the very yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's at six o'clock on the wheel. Mm -hmm. So at the end of that DCLX, there's an upside down T. Right, you can't really see, it, but trust me, there's an upside down T next to that T DVLX. Then there's an A to the the left. There's an R up to top corner, and an O above that. It's a mixed up rotor tarot around this wheel again, as we've already seen tarot around the the, the wheel on the actual Wheel of Fortune card. Yeah. And we've got the in the top left hand corner of that wheel is this PT tarot symbol, like an ankh. Mm -hmm. So now. We've already talked about Saturn moving the collect. We've had this time, time unbound infinity that is Aeon. And now we've got this time bound somewhat, which is Saturn. Now, 
Saturn's scythe is basically cutting down the year. It's cutting down the seasons. It's cutting down the harvest. It's cutting down your life. It's the thing at the end. It's the Grim Reaper's scythe. Death. Well, that scythe, as I have seen, is actually the plough or the Big Dipper or whatever you else want to call it, which famously makes up the swastika. Do we have a swastika here? Yes, we do. We have this, this triple swastika that looks like the Isle of Man legs walking around a central point, which essentially is the pole star in the centre and then the, the plough going around it, which is Saturn having one leg and walking around with his scythe cutting down the... It's time. We're just... Uh-huh. We're talking about time. Wow. Something special about time. But on this level, it's time. And navigation, because that North Star is, is Stella Maris. You know, the the, the, tr- the true and tested star to guide yourself by at night. Because the sun's not up. What are you going to do? Do you want a drink or anything, Ryan? I forgot I to say, you yeah, a drink. drink actually. What I'm do you want? Parched, whatever you've got, mate. Would you like some Corona? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I've already, yeah, go yeah. Oh, you can have, have a dose of that, yeah. Oh, do you <laughs> like harvest ale gone, yeah? I, I, I'd do like some like, new wet. Do you like real ale? I'm not a big fan, to be honest. That Corona looks... Do, you have lager if you want. Unless you've got like a, a white a white beer or something like that. A white beer? A vice beer? It's all right. It's cold. It's been outside. I feel like Hang I need on. like a break to soak all this shit stuff. Yeah, in. it's a lot. Is it very dense? Yeah, very dense. We're not even got there yet. That's the funniest thing about it. But I, th- I think that there's, there are so many little revelations along the way. That, um, oh. What's that? Oh, it's really, I thought really... I could smell pot. It's that. Oh, I could have smelled pot as well. <laughs> no, nothing like that around here. Nothing. I meant a plant, a potted plant. Oh. There's a cheese plant in a, in a pot. <laughs> Well, yeah, it looks like we're having an intermission now because mm. Phil's uh, having turned his bladder. Yes. Does he pause the, uh, pause the stream or are we just going No, on? no, just ca- just, it's on? just okay. a live toilet break. That's fine. So um, what's everyone doing now? <laughs> <laughs> How long can you stay for, Ryan? I, I was thinking, I mean, normally we do two hours in total. but Yeah. I mean, I, I, can, I can say it stay for as long as it needs. Um but I was saying maybe we can split it up or, I mean, because yeah. I don't even know what slide we're on. There's there's quite a few and it gets quite involved later on. But like, you know, you guys in the audience, you, you're kind of on this stream anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe I don't have to go thing, over things as, as, as I would with, with people that are quite as lay as the average muggle, as we put great it. Great unwashed. I've never watched Harry Potter. <laughs> the great unclean. <laughs> The useless eaters, as, as the the elites call them, us, <laughs> me. I think we're all in that club, Ryan. <laughs> useless eaters, absolutely. I'm proud of it. I'm really good at eating. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> I get it all in my mouth and everything. Okay, so um, hello everybody. I, I, just, I was just making sure Ben was, you know, <laughs> no. done that trick with the you paint your eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you with lie on with that. eyeballs. See, I, I've actually yeah. done that before. I came. I, I did the Indiana Jones one, where, where she blinks and he says, "I love you." Oh, the student. Yeah, I tell you what, yeah. he's, he's pretty, pretty bloody dreamy in Temple of Doom, though. Oh, he really was. You know, he, he, he you know, he probably turned me. Ooh. <laughs> it's just such a shock when you suddenly see him as a as a teacher, 
yeah. you're like you're not used to seeing him wear tweed or whatever he's wearing. Yeah. Flannel. He has a bow tie on as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, yeah. 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 He's got he's got a crappy office though, hasn't he? Yeah, that he escapes from yeah. in seconds. He does. Speaking of Indiana Jones, let's go on our own little <laughs> grail quest, which is where this does end up, funnily enough. Whoa. But everything we've said tonight is in this presentation. How far do you so think, long you, is the presentation. How, do you think, how far do you think we've got, Ryan? I'm not sure, but Ben was just asking me about, about the time, so I just um, said... Well, I think we're about 10 slides in, so we've got, <laughs> we've got 80 to go. Yeah, no, there's a lot. So, so we'll just carry on till like 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, ca- we'll carry on as long as, you know, we're, when... I'll let, I'll let Phil say when... when well, I think it's wink. up to you, really, because I don't, I don't know... Do you know what slide, what number slide we're on, Ben? Uh, we're relatively near... Let's try and find out. That's a quarter of the way through or something like that. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't actually intend to go all, through all this today. No. However, let's just see what happens and yeah. just... You know, whenever you guys start thinking it's time to call it quits, give me a nod and a wink. And let's let's plough on. Yay! <laughs> We're about 20-ish, I think. Oh, right, okay. okay so maybe, too bad. Yeah, maybe 10 more. To get more fun is to go through. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me. Right. Fucking better than any of Chris Whitty's done, isn't it? Tell you. <laughs> right. bloody slideshows. Oh, yeah. oh, Sorry, Ryan. Uh, Sorry, Ryan. That's, that's all right. Carry on. So, uh, let's just recap uh, this page. We just said, basically, the, the Cairo symbol, that PX, is actually a symbol for Kronos, Kronos means time, essentially, and I'm saying that that, that PX is made up of uh, this galactic cross and, ge- and general time-reading implements. That P at the top is actually Saturn's scythe and the plough, also known as the Great Bear, uh, Arthur's chariot. Uh, it's called lots of things. Arthur's Wayne, I think, it was, is an old word for a chariot. And it's also Father Christmas's sleigh, sleigh as well, because he lives near the North Pole, doesn't he? Mm. So um, we've said that this is symbolising Saturn by his one lame leggedness, and that scythe, which is essentially the plough, which looks like a scythe cutting down the year or the seasons, because Saturn's major function is that he puts limits on things. Mm-hmm. If it didn't die, nothing would live, mm-hmm. because it would be eternal. Right, so a few more of Saturn's functions that will help us to get where we're going because this is going to get uh, a little psychological. So if we look at the Wheel of the Year, the Wheel of the Zodiac in the top left, um, it says day at the very top of it with the symbol for Jupiter. And that's because essentially Jupiter being positivity and expansiveness rules the day. And the ruler of the night is Saturn because he's limitation and negativity and all these other things emission so everything on the lower half of that cross the the green and the blue is ruled by saturn but more so the blue area which is the winter in the zodiac there are certain planets associated with certain signs. You'll you'll hear people say, oh, Capricorn's ruled by Saturn. Well, Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. And that's because we're really talking about psychological functions here. And those psychological functions associated with Saturn are described by Capricorn and Aquarius. So uh, I'll, I'll skip giving you 
a st- uh, you know, uh, an analogy for that one, just to, to move things on a little bit. But trust me, each one of each pair of planets that is owned in inverted commas by a planet is a psychological function. As Jung said, you know, this this is the, the repository of everything that the ancients had, had learned. And because they're a bit more in touch with the, you know, their right-hand creative brain, the unconscious mind, that they were naturally placing what's in there, up there, because as above, so below. So, um, Catan... Saturn rules Capricorn. That's the end of the year. That's when winter solstice happens. Winter solstice, basically, the sun is sent, seen to die. It dies because it doesn't move anywhere in the sun. It rises rise in the morning to a limp-wristed extent and then just <laughs> deflates back down again. And that, on the shortest day of the year, the 21st of December, lasts for about three days. And then on the 25th... Three days. No significance there. No significance there. And then on the 25th, it looks like it's moving again. Rise, the sun rises again? Yes, the three sun... Days? Yes, exactly. Well, that would be Easter, but they switched it <laughs> around know, yeah, because but... it would look so suspicious. <laughs> right, so... So now, this is the winter. It's the night. Now, if we put this in a psychological context, we, we already said dark night of the soul, but it's sleep... It's dreams. So as Jupiter is related to the daytime sun, he's the lord of the day. The lord of the night is the midnight sun. There's no bloody sun at, mid- sun at midnight, Ryan. Yes, there is. There's the sun that lights your way in the daytime that stops you from crashing your car or punching the wrong person. <laughs> and then you got the sun at night, which is there in your dreams, the light of your dreams, this other light that's around an unconscious, unseen light. Jupiter's the lord of the conscious light, the daytime. Saturn's the lord of the unconscious, the nighttime, the winter. Wow. Right. Now, if we look at, there's a skeleton there with, with two angels next to him. He's, he's carrying a raven and he's stood on a black sun. The black sun is famously, you could tell me what the black sun was, famously. Soundgarden. Yeah, I was going to say. Black old sun. Were they Nazis? <laughs> no. no. So, so, the, <laughs> so well, actually, the Black Sun, I think, is an old, um, from the old religions around Northern Europe. However, oh. it was picked up by the Nazis who used that swastika, the Pole Star stuff, which is very ancient. It wasn't invented by the Nazis. It's mm. like the oldest symbol we've got, mm. basically. And the Black Sun is that same swastika so that makes it the black sun is the pole star is the oh. the the point the still point around where the heavens move because saturn's limitation he's the still point in the middle and everything moves around him if we look uh to the right of the screen there are two swastikas there's a there's a big swastika and then a black sun swastika above it and then we'll oh. see a picture of saturn holding a wheel mm-hmm. and then above that a picture of saturn holding a wheel and then next to that, on the left, is a colour picture of Saturn holding an Ouroboros serpent, which is equally a wheel. The Ouroboros serpent goes around the pole star. He's called Draco, the dragon. And that's the the serpent that goes around the pole star. This is the snake eating its own tail. Eating its own tail, yeah. This, this is another one of man's oldest symbols. Yeah. Certainly one of the oldest symbols for the ego. We'll get into this later. So... Um, uh, about that is is the the fact that we've got this 
this stage in alchemy, this midnight sun stuff, this this dr- sleeping, unconscious, dreaming sun, which is the light of the unconscious, come possibly grabbed, just about perceived by the conscious mind. So it's dreams, it, it, it's it's visions, it's premonitions, it's all you know these in, kind in of sync. ESP. Instinct, would yeah, that synchronicities kind of come from yeah. there as well. Yeah, absolutely, your instinct. Um, that's probably the strongest thing we have that comes from from the unconscious. You know, it's more sort of animalistic, isn't it? In, when you think about instinct, mm. people absolutely. talk about like the reptile brain and the mm-hmm. the other one. You've well, you you, you've done it again. You've so, done it again. Hey, next to it, we've got this one. We've got the the black hole sun with the Skeletor above yeah. holding the the crow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a raven. Uh, we've got the, sorry, the pole star with skeleton and the raven. Yeah. yeah. What, are, is there any significance? We've got the sun in one corner, the moon in the other. What about the two angel dudes? Are they significant? I haven't looked into that far. I've just, I've just slapped this one up. Uh, just for an it example, says putrefactio, which is the putrefaction part of alchemy. Um, so it's it's the, what this whole image is talking about in general is this. Look, everything just died. Capricorn, December the twenty, you know, every the sun's died. It's winter. Nothing's there. There's nothing there. You're asleep. You're dead. Whatever it is, there's nothing there. But there is something there. There's always something there, mm-hmm. and it's this potential power of rebirth. So once again, we've got Sator. This Sator square. We can see this arch in the bottom right hand corner. We got this this Sator square in the middle of four the four. Um, Tetramorphs, the the cold, uh, the lion, the bald eagle, and the man, and Saturn's. You know this this pole star idea is in the middle, and every everything that we find on that Saturn square has been in the form of a cross, if not a swastika. So Saturn, the Saturn that they're getting at here is the pole star Saturn, because you know you can say he's the planet Saturn, but what he really is is the archetype of limitation and time and all mm. these other things. So if we move, uh, and and I, I just want to put that, you know, summer solstice and winter solstice are due to the angle of the axis of the earth, which we talked about before. We said there are two pillars. One, one pillar is essentially the, the axis of the ga- galaxy and, and another one for the axis of the earth. Well, that axis of the earth is skew with 22 and a bit degrees. That's why we have seasons. That is exactly. Without that, we would have no seasons, yeah. no growing season, Thank no you. harvest. Yeah, nothing. It's so nothing. important to why so, we're here. So when, so basically, a lot of the winter stuff is associated with the North Pole because of because of that axis, because because the North Pole is the thing that's creating summer and winter. Christmas. If you live in the northern hemisphere, you've done it again. <laughs> no, I haven't. You can come on the secret science with me. I just, I just see He's up there. He's up there. Which one? Old Saint Nick. Old Saint Nick. Well, you know, who's Old Nick? Uh, well, is it not Saint Nicholas? Old Nick was Sa- is a name for Satan. Oh, my mm. God. Yeah, the little Nicky. Satan. Yeah, remember Nicky, the film yeah, Little yeah. Nicky? Mm. Satan, Saturn, Santa, they're all the same one. Satan. <laughs> Oh, no. You well, got a rude Christmas for me, right? No, no, this, this is good. Like, like I said, all these the things. Beginning and the end. Du- duality. Yeah, duality. Hey, look, yeah. when you see what Father Christmas really brings, although I think you've got <laughs> already, you'll, you'll, you'll have a merry old Christmas. Right, so let's go through this quite quickly. We've got uh, death in the top left-hand corner on a tarot card, which is, uh, you know, a form of Saturn uh, with his side there. 
Then uh, underneath that, we've got Baphomet, which is this gold Capricorn part of Saturn. As we discussed, we've got all these animalistic tendencies in the psyche, these instincts. <coughs> That's why Baphomet has a goat's head. Um, and we'll go into the rest of that later. Uh, if we go, there's a guy riding a goat on that top layer next to death. That's an early Santa, early Father Christmas. Most Scandinavian, he's riding the, the Yule goat, which is Capricorn. Because at that time of the year, hmm. the sun's in Capricorn at Christmas. You know, Jesus was a Capricorn. Yeah. Uh, oh, there he is. Yeah. yeah. Looking at the wrong one. So if you look next to him, now under, under that little... Uh, triplicity of zodiac signs you've got father time we've already discussed why you know it's time especially it's time for the sun to die at this time of year so that's the main function of time isn't it to, to end what began else it would just be infinity and everything would carry on forever and you wouldn't be able to distinguish one thing from another entropy mm. entropy so uh next to father time there we have uh, an old roman saturn holding the aerobarus serpent which equally as we said is a, is a is about time he's also carrying a, a, a bag of goodies as it were the harvest that he's brought down but it's also what aquarius carries the, the these waters because he rules over aquarius the these spiritual uh things that there'll be you know f foods have a spiritual quality to it if you the, you need them to live living you know the, there's there's lots of things going on there. let's not go into it too deep um then we've got father christmas who like the sun, which is chopped down at the end of the year, and that cross, which is the the, the, the sun's cross chopped down on, which we'll get to, is the tree of life. That is the tree of life that's been cut down. It's the year that's been cut down, and then you bring it into the house to to, yeah. to revitalize it, basically right. cover it in ornaments, which are, and then put the gifts under it, which is Saturn in Saturn's bag, Santa's mm. bag, which are the gifts of the year. Have you been naughty or nice? Have mm. have have you sown and ploughed and done mm. all these other Saturnian, you know, agricultural things, and had a fruitful year? Yeah. So. Uh, the opposite side of that, if we look down to the bottom left again, next to Baphomet, is Krampus. <laughs> so, Kr Krampus is essentially the devil, and he is, if you've let go to your instincts, if you've fucked around all year, in all meanings of that phrase, then you get stuck in his bag and he beats the crap out of you with a thorny twig. Mm -hmm. And and it, it's it's the bad part of year. Have you been naughty? Have you been nice? You know, Is that pan? That's Pan next to him. It's the same one. guy. Yeah. Hey. So Pan playing his Pan pipes there. He's a satyr, isn't he? He's a satyr in Saturn, absolutely. Uh, and these are these teacher guys, but they're teaching, normally they've got a raging, um, <laughs> you know, when they're walking around. Because to do with these instincts, fertility, you're Randy old goat. That's where it's come from. Did he, I like, well, I'm going to uh, share my knowledge, or maybe incorrect knowledge, but... Um, did he not used to, in ancient Greece, did he not say they used to jump out on mountain paths and make people oh, dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they, ju they jump on you and they love climbing on you, they climb up mountains. Right, okay. well, the, the, the fact they climb up mountains and climb up trees, mm -hmm. again, you'll find ah, often right, find okay. goats in trees. Yeah. It's the reason why the, the next, uh, the, that, um, that spoke of, of the uh, solstice cross, you know, in the winter solstice, that spoke is seen as the tree, the tree of life, the tree oh, of the year. Right, okay. And he, he climbs the tree back again. You know, the year's been ended, but he'll climb that bloody tree. And Capricorns on a psychological level are said to be hardworking, very mm. materialistic, very instinctive. But then we're going to the gods here. Sounds like my dad. Yeah. We'll eat He's anything. A Capricorn. 
Yeah, he would eat anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'd eat my tea as well if I didn't I, finish it. In my personal experience, having been studying this for a while and, and coming from a scientific background rather, rather than an airy-fairy background, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty much convinced on the astrology thing. Wow. With, a, with a few with a few nips and tucks Weeks, in, uh, yeah. it, it's, I mean, I am a Gemini. I just am. You know, and and often when I'm coming into new situations, I'll ask like, "What's when were they born? Do you want the birthdays?" And then I can I can at least have a bit of a buffer. Nine to, I mean, you could say you you you're putting on your own prejudice, but I don't think so because I know that that prejudice is there, so I'm trying not to. But it's just so bloody obvious, you know. Sometimes Does someone remind me before you go. Someone we need to hook you up with before you go. Um, as far as uh, esoteric astrology goes, Dave. not oh, not right. dealing up, but. If he's local, I probably know him. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got we've got Janus. It looks like to the right of Pan, the double-headed yes. January Janus yep. god. That ahead of me, he's got a key there. He does have a key. The key we've already talked about. That's the key to the year. The key to the, the mm. well, the key to the year is the key to time, isn't it? And the key to the zodiac and all this other stuff. So we know by these four stars that go around us, these four bright stars on the ecliptic, what time of year it is. Uh, next to that is another Roman Saturn there with his um, his glaive, his, his scythe, and the harvest of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had death being, you know, harvesting new, but he, he was a grain god originally. You know, he, he, this is an agricultural society. We're talking about when the first farms and cities developed. And, uh, and the, although I'm pretty sure this knowledge was there way before that, it's augmented itself and, you know, become... Um, in line with whatever culture's going on right now. He's failed to come in line now because, you know, people are essentially in the West irreligious. So, um, but but then we find that this, it's the psychologists and uh, other people that have tapped into this stuff. Yeah, because in our modern Western way of life, we're completely disconnected from agriculture and the, mm. the uh, agrarian society. Mm-hmm. So it's been people like Jung who are, who have found this this connection via psychology. That's really That's interesting. Really, yeah. Well, the thing is that because this art, this secret science, is based on symbols, uh, yeah, it, it's it's these archetypes of the unconscious, and Jung put it as a collective unconscious, and you'd think, well, that's just distributed around humans, but it, it that's Jung, you know, holding it back just a little because, you know, he wasn't very well ex- uh, very well uh, accepted by, i this word tonight, I've never used it before in my life, muggle psychologists, <laughs> because they're scared of the woo. Yes, but, yes. but it's not collective unconscious, it's fucking universal unconscious. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was listening to, sorry, did I cut you off? Uh, yeah, I was just, just going to use w- one analogy, uh, and that was that, um, you know, let's take a, an archetype, let's say uh, a, a masculine one. Predator. Let's use the word predator. You know what a predator is? It's something that that mm-hmm. wants to utilize something else that doesn't want to be utilized. There's a hunt going on. There's this very masculine. I'll go and get that thing to it. Well, if there were no humans around, if there was no thought going on, there would be predators and prey. You can't you can't take that out there unless you take life away. There's nothing there. But then you could say, well, okay, there's no life there. Do you have any archetypes for, for no life there? Well, you could say destruction. There's been one thing, it's been destroyed and changed. That's an archetype that's going to be there as long as there's matter or energy going through 
some kind of cycle or whatever it is, as long as it's changed, that's an archetype. It's going from a, uh, you could see it as going from a, a, a masculine initiatory phase to going to a, a feminine phase where that it's drawn to. You know, there's an impulse, a masculine impulse, and it's being drawn by like a, a female magnetic impulse. If you get me? Yeah. Which, funnily enough, we'll get into later and, and is, is part of the secret. Um, so we talked about the tree and this Saturn character uh, being Santa. But then underneath that, we've got Adam and Eve with the tree of life and, and death. <coughs> you know, that's what it is. Tree of life and death. Because mm-hmm. Alpha and Omega. And when you look into the Bible, it's uh, the name for God in that is Elohim, which means God and goddesses. El is Saturn. He's the king of the gods. He's the old king of the gods. Certainly the the, the, the first. And we'll we'll see that we'll, we'll get into this stuff quite quite nicely. But um, if not in this podcast, in the next one, yeah. look for that if you're listening to this. Uh, so uh, we'll see that this this knowledge, this gnosis, all these things wrapped up in this Adam and Eve story are absolutely. Saturnian, and it's Saturn keeping them in the limitation that keeps them in the Garden of Eden. And when they break that limitation, they, they can they can go away from it. But then they've got knowledge. What about the serpent? The serpent is Eve, is the unconscious, is Saturn. Temptation? It's, we'll get into it. Again, <laughs> okay, we'll get into it. We, we don't want to... Like shoot the gun. Can, yeah, well, all don't those things. Spaff our load. Oh god, spaffish. <laughs> I think it always comes back to spaffing because it's more fun that way. Yeah, <laughs> I seen you cleaned all the screens of. I've, I've wiped down as much as I can. There might be traces here and there. Don't, don't use a, a black light. Don't use a black light now. So that's not a, a stalactite. Fuck, <laughs> 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 Ryan. I don't know. I, I, do you think we should pause? I don't know. Was, uh, uh, do you feel this is a good place to pause, right? Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what. I've got like three more. Yeah. Okay. okay. Three, four more, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go. That'll be a nice place yeah. to stop. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, so I just want to like reiterate a bit further how deep this Saturn winter thing mm-hmm. is buried into your favorite religion of choice. <laughs> <laughs> so here is Jesus at his death. Jesus being. In Capricorn, mm. winter solstice, twenty first to twenty fifth. White dude as well. Yeah, white white Jesus. No, there was no Jesus, so it doesn't matter what colour he is. All oh, right, okay. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we've got on his left, or the guy with the spear is Longinus. All oh, right, yeah. With his lance, okay, which we'll come back to later. Is semi lanciata, if right. you know what that is. No. Silicibi Semi Lanciata. So he has his lance, and then we got Aquarius with a cup. <laughs> it's a cup that looks like a grail. Oh, to drink the old Silicibin. Like no. All right. This okay. one is Amanita Muscaria. <laughs> anyway, don't tell anybody that yet. It's for the next one. So we're, he's getting stabbed in the side. He is Sagittarius, the bowman. And then on the other side is Aquarius. It's usually St. John with a cup. On, on these, you'll see on the right one, he's there with a serpent in a cup. Serpent in a cup? Why is a serpent in a cup? That's weird. Isn't that the symbol for pharmacies around Europe? Caduceus. That's the same thing. 
we'll see all these are the same thing. In fact, Jesus there on the cross oh. might as well be the caduceus. Holy shit. So we can see on each of these. Holy shit. He is Sagittarius going into Capricorn, going into Aquarius. He's yeah. the end and beginning of the year. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Omega, yeah. Uh, I mean, to, back to your Christmas thing. If we look at the one on the right, that's actually Jesus' birth. And Longinus is there as some kind of a poetry, you know, at the beginning. But that's showing you that the end and the beginning are the same thing. Yeah. That, you know, Jesus really was born and died on the same day. You know what I mean? And that looks sort of, I'm taking it that's uh, Renaissance, was it? When it was done, do you yes. think? Yes, the, the, the one on the left is... These guys painted it, it must have known. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. And th there's a proof that will be later on in the next podcast uh, <laughs> of some underlying geometry, the Philosopher's Stone, which <laughs> is uh, indicative that you're dealing with a master and that this is esoteric stuff. Because when you visit the interior of the earth, you can rectify the hidden stone, the interior of the earth being the interior of whatever it is. In this case, the geometry underlying the matrix of the painting. Mm. So, uh, we'll just quickly go over this. There's um, Odin being speared on the Tree of Life by his own spear. He said he sacrificed himself to himself with a lance, a psilocybin semilantiata. You're sacrificing yourself to yourself on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> so then we've got Jesus being stabbed and having his blood caught in a in a chalice, which is mushroomoid. Let's say, I'm. I'm heating you up for the next episode folks we're not going to go into this too much here uh so we've got uh odin on a tree jesus on a tree because that cross is made of wood and in this example it's just a tree because it's the tree of life yep. which is um to cut it short and we'll get into it next time anyway is essentially that band of the milky way that goes over your head right and uh so next to that on the right hand side is is the tree that represents dionysus with his cup of ambrosia Mm -hmm. Ambrosia was the drink of the gods, the nectar of the gods. Mm. And there's a tree there wrapping like a serpent would around a pillar again. And this is when he's died. This is Dionysus dead. And there's a spear, if you can see, mm -hmm. tied to it as well. Going back to, it's like come up like in the last three podcasts, the uh, Brian Mirror Rescue book about the well, I was just gonna Dionysus mystery cult. I was just gonna say that like, I was listening. I think it was that podcast when I was listening about the rescue book was that Young. There's like some evidence to say Young was doing mushrooms as well, basically, and that's why. I got oh, could be a figure this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, there's something else I found as well. This geometric pattern, which I found out that Young had also discovered as well. I don't understand why they they don't let it out though. It's a conundrum. If I end up dead, I'm a very happy person, everybody. If I end up dead, it's somebody from some secret cult come and finish me off. I'm just letting you know this now. Because, I mean, I do want to get... It's not for my own fame or anything. I want to get this stuff out, my own life's work. But there's a reason why this stuff's secret. I could see a pearls before swine kind of reason. Yeah, this I... stuff's dangerous if it's psyche stuff. Mm. I, mm. What I can use to control me, I can control you with. But this this very cultish behaviour going on here. Going back to sure the, the quote of the previous master, Jesus, when he said, don't cast pills before swine. Yeah. That maybe there's a reason why this stuff is hidden. Yeah. I haven't figured it, though. You don't buy that justification. Not anymore. That might have been okay when the world itself wasn't in peril. 
and, and let's be honest, right. the world really isn't. It, it, the world itself isn't in peril. We are. The human world is in peril. You know, this this ball of mud will way survive us. Don't be silly. You know how how, how arrogant. Mm. Uh, however, the human world is very, and, and it's our psyche that, that's wrong. You know, we we've lost our connection with nature. We've lost our connection with our own unconscious, and this is actually, in the end, a very simple method of regaining that. And it just seems to be as well the big secret of the ancients. And it's not just to do with maths and mushrooms. There's something else in there as well. That there's there's uh, an, a, an understanding that's encapsulated in Jesus. Praise be Jesus. And there is a technique thereof. And because of the way that this technique works, there's there's like a glimmer of God in there. Talking from, as you said last time, you started to become a lapsed atheist. Me too, mate. And it's because this was called Gnosis. This is, a lot of this stuff is Gnostic and it's like a scientific proof of God really. And, you know, those archetypes existing are part of it. Mm. And a lot of it's answered by the next podcast. <laughs> However, let's just quickly wrap this up. Bottom left, we've got uh, Osiris raising the Jed, which is the tree of life or four pillars as in those four parts of the Sphinx, four oh, directions. Right, yeah. 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 Um, also his backbone, also his phallus. We're getting this phallus backbone, the pillars of, of the the axis of the earth. All these they're all getting intertwined into each other. Mm-hmm. Next to that we've got from Sumeria got Demuzid and Inanna. And he's got a little mushroomoid thing there again and his scepter. And he's popping out from beneath the tree. Mm. Why would a mushroomoid thing be popping yeah. out from beneath the tree? Osiris himself was found at the bottom of a tree with the tree uh-huh. growing up and he's willy eaten by a fish. What? You know, we'll get into the willy fish later, especially <laughs> with Jesus. His uh, scepter yeah. is identical to the seven candles that, that, that were floating above Absolutely. the head of... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like yeah. cut it and pasted it. Well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little uh, pointer. I wasn't going to point this out but, uh, and it'll come in, in later in the next episode again. Mm. But if you look on that Jesus in the tree and look at his, uh, on our right, the, mm. the right-hand crossbar, mm-hmm. yeah. if you look at the end of that, there's like a little blue oh, yeah. rag. And the way that that's been bunched together is True. atypical of people hiding mushrooms and things mm. in this stuff. The tree of life itself is mushroom shape. You can see that down there, uh, you know, just beneath it. And that there's a serpent wrapped around the, the tree of life. Mm-hmm. And then off to the right of that, again, I've just, just to, to show that we're still in the same realm, he's Saturn with a, a coppiced tree and, and a serpent wrapped around that coppiced tree. And the wings are to denote the, the, the flight of time as, as well as his, his um, and, and his, his status as movement. Because mm. as we said, Aeon is the god of eternity. Eternity doesn't move because it's homogenous. It's all the same thing. It's everything ever at once. Whereas time is everything ever split up into a beginning, a middle, and an end. Limited. Limited. Yeah. Exactly that. Um, with that, gentlemen, I'll just leave you there. There's Moses with with, with a, a serpent on a pole. The Yggdrasil above Moses uh, is the tree of life. Uh, in the centre is one of Jung's tree of life with a pole star at the centre of it. 
That one in the top right, that looks like Nordic or something. It is Nordic, yes. Yggdrasil, the tree of life from, from um, wow. Thor and all that lot, yeah. yeah. The, the gods live on the mountain at the top of the tree, but that's in your brain, basically. You're the mountain, top of the tree. The, all these things happen on a galactic level and a personal level. Yeah, it's mm. like the brain stem, isn't it? Coming up the spine yeah, and then going that, to the... Yeah. Now, this this whole tradition gets into Kundalini. Mm. The, the Moses with the serpent on a pole... Uh, everyone's been bitten by serpents in the desert. Mm-hmm. And Moses says, oh, right, well, take this serpent, raise it on a pole, and you'll all be healed. Again, if you know what Kundalini stuff is, if you know what Chi is, if you know what the Force is, or any of these things, this is all what it's getting at. We all have this one shared tradition. Same too, we've got two serpents wrapped around a tree. You know, the serpent's the nervous system wrapped around a tree, the Ouroboros serpent feeding itself like the phoenix would. So you can have a bird in the tree. Underneath that, we've got it from alchemy again. We've got seven planets, which I'll tell you now for next time, are seven serpents around this tree. And, you know, what can I say? Seven, it's the, uh, the, the what, the triad and the tetrad, isn't it? That's the, another of the importance Check of seven. Yes, the, it is, The yes. triad. And the tetrad, mm-hmm. and they come together to make unity. One, it does. Yeah. In the church, hmm? well, the, 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 the triad is logic, grammar, yeah, grammar, logic, and rhetoric, and uh, the quadrivium, as they call it, is uh, maths, geometry, music, and astronomy. Mm-hmm. That's how the Greeks sort of described it, isn't it? The ancient yeah. Greeks and the, the Romans, the, yeah, the and seven. The, Sciences. That's a classical education. When they say you get a classical education, that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the trinities are processing, how to process, and then the four. four. Well, really, saying the Holy Trinity and the four elements is what it is. That's exactly what it is. Wow. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so just oh. really quickly on this one, we'll go over this next time, but um, there's a Christmas tree top left with its star pointing at the pole. The tinsel is a serpent going up it. The, the, <laughs> the stars are the baubles. Um, which is essentially an axis Monday, an axis of the earth, which is a representation of, yes, the axis of the earth, but also you. You are an axis Monday. You are, a, you know, a connection between the earth and the heavens. You know, there's nothing above your head apart from sky. That This same axis is this Cairo, this PX cross that's famous with the Alpha and Omega <coughs> that stands for time. It stands for the year because, of course, the, the, the heavens whirl around our head. And um, we'll not do it now, but um, we'll, we'll go into, you know, it'd be a good place to start this because, you know, that, that PX, different things on there do actually mean real things. And it wasn't only used by us, but there's there's an example there that that uh, Tal Row in the middle is Mayan. Wow. So, you know. It, so they had this in South America. They had this all over the world. And this is why I believe it's the Prisca Theologia, because from Buddhism to Zoroastrianism, to the Mayan and Aztec religions, it just decodes them all. And it suggests a progenitor. That's yes. the thing, isn't it? Yeah. This yeah. is the thing, you know. Yeah. We, we, and it, it's just, it's like a technique. Yeah. It's like a technique. And the beauty of the symbology is that it isn't bound by linguistics or, mm. you know, it's something that people can understand and make these connections yeah. by yeah. the use with, of symbols. You know? With a little context. Yeah, yeah sure, with a little yeah. And, and some the basic, look, fr- from... You know the 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 often this stuff's called magic. It's certainly what magicians were doing. You know they will. You think of a magician's coat. 
with his with his pointy hat there, and it's covered in stars. Well, he's looking at the stars, and the pointy mm-hmm. hat's the this whole aligning yourself with mm-hmm. the pole star thing. And what do magicians do? Well, they do magic. They have this special power, the force that they use. So, believe it or not, that's in there too. So, mm-hmm. I'll give you that secret. Well, it's like magi- that's quite well known. Magicians, where's it come from? Magi. Magi, great yeah, one. The adoration yeah. of the magi. The yeah. three... Wise, wise men. Wise men. It was Zoroastrian astrologers. Following a star. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I fucking love it. I, yep. just, yeah. uh, I just don't know how you do it. No, <laughs> I can't believe how much <laughs> you've put together. Yeah. It's amazing. 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 Not, even yeah. got, not even got there yet. But no. I can't wait for I think this two. is going to have to be a triptych. It might be. It's going to have to be a trilogy. Yeah, just sit, see how long it goes. a tetrad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a triad. Yeah. Yeah. Tripod. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a deep breath and yeah. soak all that in. And uh, thanks for coming, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. I've I've actually really enjoyed seeing your faces and <laughs> not knowing that without trying, I remembered all your names. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. Boom. It's great. Uh, oh, knock yourself <laughs> down there. Sorry. Don't forget to check out the links and, and watch Ryan's videos. They're really like informative, mm-hmm. educational, light-hearted. They're great. Go yeah. and watch them. Oh, cheers, bro. <laughs> All right. And um, we'll catch you on the flip side. Don't touch that dial. Yeah. We're going to do a quick bit of yeah. news deconstruction. Yeah. Very rapid. Yeah, rapid. Rapido. Rapido. All right. See you next time. Bye. 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 The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. And we're back. The Dwarf, the Cripple, and the Mother of Madness. That was part one of our <laughs> chat with Ryan Seven. Yeah, I think that's gonna, definitely going to have to be a trilogy. He's just consider my face melted. Yeah, my mind yeah. is blown. Absolutely love this it's stuff. Epic. This secret science, alchemy, medicine. Yeah, symbology is uh, wild, isn't it? Yeah, comparative li- religion. It's all in there. It's super fascinating, man. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I fucking love it. It's amazing. Right, so, saying to Ben before we started, it's just so up my alley. What I like to learn about, read about, watch videos on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Do check out his videos, his YouTube channel, the link in the show notes, because they're brilliant. Really, uh, in 40, he crams tons of information about this stuff in there. Mm. He's doesn't take himself too seriously, has a good sense of humour. Uh, no, yeah, it's good. Excellent. Really well-presented, excellent videos mm. that, you know, deserve a huge audience. You know, who's I, who's better at doing what he does on those YouTube videos? I've not seen anyone better. No, I no. wouldn't say. And he's a local lad, <laughs> so you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Rising friend, tide. Friend of the show. <laughs> Rising tide sinks, sinks all ships. What? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right, let's fucking move on. Okay. I'm, ex- I'm just so pumped. I'm excited. Oh, okay. For, for COVID news. <laughs> High energy. Housekeeping. <laughs> housekeeping. I'll do the housekeeping first. Oh, yeah. This is a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value. There's a myriad of ways. No! Of doing this, um, leave us a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening to and forward that review to us if you'd like it, read yeah, it out. and I'll read it out. That's yeah. my job. Yeah, we like reading out reviews. Word of mouth, if you like someone who's into fucking secret science, alchemy, hermeticism, symbology. Yeah. Send them a link, Spotify link or a YouTube link, and say, check this wild yeah. shit out. 
Tickle their balls and pass it on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, never neglect <laughs> the balls. That's what they say. Um, subscribe on YouTube and Odyssey if you want to earn some crypto mm. while you do it. Mm-hmm. Every time you watch a video on Odyssey, you get a little crypto kickback. Yeah. And some of them are quite large. You know, you might get what point one of a library coin. You might get twenty five library coins. Get out of town. Yeah, that's literally like two pounds <laughs> for nothing for watching two seconds of a video. Yeah, and then yeah. you know what you can do? You can Worth forward, you can forward some of it to your favorite bloody podcast, your yeah. favorite content providers. And we can hoard it in our crypto wallet. Yeah, Rick, send it to Ricky Verandas, <laughs> you know, or Charlie Robinson, or whatever. And uh, yeah, what do they do with it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, I tell you what, I'm I'm being spammed at the moment to get that sweet, sweet flatten three days to flatten the earth T-shirt from the Amish loot chest. Who's spamming you? Um, the Amish loot chest. <laughs> you can spam emailed. Yeah, right. Really? The Amish ch- loot chest. Yes, yeah, buy this, buy this, buy this. Yeah. Wow. Did you sign up for some sort of? Um... Must have done when I bought my <laughs> my wicked hoodie. Um, but haven't you bought one yet? Pardon? Haven't you bought one yet? T-shirt. Yeah. It's not Christmas yet, is it? Oh. Can't put it on yet. Do you want a hoodie? Do I need to sort hoodies out? What do you mean? Three weeks to flatten the earth hoodies. Yeah, I think that would be better, yeah. I'm All right. A, I'm more of a hoodie person. All right, so you can get three weeks to flatten the earth T-shirt, uh, mugs and stickers. I think you can get a sweatshirt, can't you? No. No, oh, no, right, but okay. you can get a hoodie. Uh, I'd, would there be popular demand for a sweatshirt? Jumper? I think it's just as easy to put it on a, a jumper as it is a hoodie. All right, yeah, it is. If you're not uh, doing can it, you, yeah. Can, yeah. <laughs> can you put it? Can you put it on a mall grey? That's the colour I like. Mall grey hoodie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, can definitely do that yeah. for you. Mall grey. Yeah. Uh, what else? Leave us a review. We've done the merch store. Join the Discord. Yeah. This is where it's happening. Yeah, it's hot in there right now. Yeah, if you want to get hold of us, this the Discord is the best place to get hold of us, and that is the place to send us new art, news articles, uh, video clips, audio clips. Um, if it's a long video, but you hear something interesting, ooh, you catch something, then give us a timestamp with it as well so we yeah. can find it, because a lot of videos are like an hour long or whatever. I'm not going to sit through all of it waiting for something. If you hear something weird, timestamp it, and then we can highlight it and amplify it on the show. Yeah. Um, you yeah. can also send us show artwork. We didn't get any show artwork this week. No. So I made my own. Oh, no. Uh, Amish Ben won't see this because it's on the uh, the OBS, but I made... Where is it? Is it at the top? By the power of video production, you shall see the artwork for tonight's podcast in three, two, one, go. There we go. What do you think? Who's Ruan Seven? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ruan Seven. I've got, I've got the ancient man bag, the ancient handbag yeah. there. Yeah, with the two sphinxes. I mean, it was a good. It was a good go. It was a good go. Yeah, I'm not very good because I'm. Well, it's uh, just missing the the why is just missing its tail. That's what's it's been snipped off. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'm not going to fix it because it's, <laughs> it's too late. It's going out tomorrow. Okay. Maybe it this looks is... good. It's good. That is a good um, attempt at writing someone's name. This is why we need new producers to um, to exactly to what do you call it when you uh, put forward to proffer submit <laughs> submit. 
That's the best word, yeah. Submit <laughs> <Exactly>. to me. <laughs> Submit your artwork, uh, yeah, and yeah. then we'll use it for the for the show artwork on Spotify and whatnot. I can just imagine you doing all this by yourself last week, just shouting into the microphone. Um, you know, That'd having imaginary arguments with Ben. Yeah, I was getting just... frustrated <laughs> with me. And it was exactly 59 and a half minutes <laughs> of me screaming into the void. Yeah, I bet it was. Gosh. No, I didn't get... Um, I got... There was a message. We fin- I finished with Tarrant, Firestride, and uh, I'd already made my mind up that I was going to just go ahead with it. Okay. So it will not fuck the schedule up. And then I saw a WhatsApp message from one of you two saying, do you want to do it to Monday night? Mm-hmm. Do part two mm-hmm. Monday night? I thought, oh, no, that'll fuck it. I'll just get it over with. Okay. Anyway, it was okay. I managed. It was fine. Yeah. It's different. It was an experiment. Mm-hmm. What, yeah, yeah. One thing I noticed in the first five minutes is that I couldn't smoke or drink my drink <laughs> without playing some sort of jingle because otherwise it was just dead air. And we don't do dead air here, do we? It's like. We try not to. Bang, bang, bang. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Was, um, you see, salt, other salt, like Charlie, Charlie Robinson does a solo podcast every other episode. Right. Yeah, but he doesn't do it fucking live. No. <laughs> he records it and then chops out. out the, yeah, the as you would do. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That's fine. Yeah. But ours is live yeah, because yeah. it's topical. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to edit. Mm. So, yeah, it was interesting. And it, I got through it. That's the main thing. And it was chalked off. And mm-hmm. we go again. We go again, as ever. What else can yeah. you do on Discord? Uh, Guest suggestions. Guest suggestions. That's good, Guest isn't it? Yeah. That's how we got Tyrant Fire Stride last week. Yeah. guest suggestion mm-hmm. and he was an excellent guest so yeah do there is a thread on discord if you hear someone and we only have three pairs of ears to be listening out for people so if you hear someone on a, on a, another podcast you think would be a good fit for us chuck it in the discord and we'll we'll mm. endeavor to make it happen if we feel they're worthy <laughs> i'm joking but what no. else uh focus chi requests yeah, we haven't had one for like a month now. I'm getting, I'm, right, I'm okay. thinking that we this... may have to change that then. I'm thinking it's going to have to be axed because yeah. there's nobody, no, yeah. nobody cares. No one cares. But the, I mean, the idea mm. is, is that if you have something coming up, a significant event, maybe you're struggling for a certain reason. Ooh, maybe. I've got one. Can we do one for, uh, to make my youngest son sleep all the way through um, the night again? That could be one, couldn't it? Absolutely, yeah. We can do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it in the Discord. Do it properly. No, we'll do it now. All right, okay. So what? what is your... Where are we pointing this chi? Uh, at my youngest son. Right, okay. Pointing. For the purposes of... Um, to stop him crying for mummy, daddy, or his brother in the middle of the night just over to, and over again. Just to sleep through. Just to sleep through, yeah. Okay, concentrate. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one... I hope that helps. So do I. Um, <laughs> so do I. <coughs> what else? What's the best way of becoming a producer? Ben? Uh, toss us a coin. Yeah, I can't find it. 
<laughs> you, you threw me with the uh, you threw me with the chi the focus chi toss a fucking coin yeah do it for the lads 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 because oh we're northern and we're bloody miserable and the weather's fucking shit absolutely if you uh, if you go to the com and find the paypal donate button there you can uh, give us a one-off. You can sign up for a monthly, recurring, sustaining donation. Donations over £50 sterling of the English realm, granting you the rank of executive producer for that episode. So you can put that on your CV, your curriculum, yeah. Vitae. Get it on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where it's at. Abs- uh, absolute. Executive producer for episode 207 with Ryan Seven. Part one. <laughs> yeah. How sweet would that look? Pretty you know. sweet. We need your help to keep the lights on. Only you guys can... Save Plotland. Yeah. <laughs> by donating and keeping the shit show going. Yeah. I think we really need to upgrade the toilet facilities as well, judging by Ryan's face when yeah, he was for a week. He wasn't happy about <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, let's thank the producers for episode 207. I think it's time. It's time to big up the man Dems. Yo. Who have we got? We have uh, Helen from Bartshire, Slicko, Lee from The Big Conspire, Wandering Wyatt, Nomi Noz Noz, and people who bought merch this week. Thank you. You're so amazing. <laughs> they are. Yeah. So... Amazing in their love, literally. The best mate. It's a miracle. Because I'm literally a communist. The dwarfs, the carrots, the grape, the homophobe, the winds, the asthma, the corrupt cunt, the number 11, the blind man, the fallen on the horizon, the cripple, and the mother of an old friend is here. From hell. Bring it on. <laughs> Yep, thanks for your support for another week. I forgot birthdays. We skipped over the birthdays. Got a birthday. Fuck. Ah! Big Dave Clayton. It's his birthday on the 17th of November. Big Dave. Happy birthday, Hugh Janus. Happy, many happy returns. Right, let's move on. It's the remix to Ignition, I think. <laughs> what are you doing? I've, I've just we're doing things out of order and I'm getting confused. I don't know. I'm just making it up. Testing, testing, testing. Test, 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 test. Test that motherfucker. Testing, blue in the face. COVID nineteen news. People have got to understand. Vaccination is going to be in the end your route to liberty. The magic vaccine. A big fat shot in the ass. From hell. Oh! You know, it's just, you know, super painful. Like a judgment day and terminating mode like. Injected with nanobots. If you want to participate in our society fully, you got to get vaccinated. Fuck off. If you can be vaccinated and you refuse to, that's a selfish act. This is our line in the sand. We had a collaboration with some Chinese com- uh, Chinese uh, scientists. But if we're all unmasked, we're actually less free. By next year, hopefully, transitioning this virus from pandemic to endemic. We drum in that messaging around the dangers of COVID pretty diligently for a full two-week period of sustained propaganda. Our efforts to address the global pandemic 
I wish we could vaccinate against stupidity. Every vaccination brings us hope. We will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. Being a good, responsible COVID citizen is something we should all uh, aspire to. That's not in the spirit or in, or, or in the letter of these rules. More lives this year than any other year for the past 100 years. It's not going to allow us to go completely back to normal. Anal swabs out. This is longer than the pandemic itself. Because you've been bored and want to have fun. I can't say if you're not wearing face masks. Two million people have to die. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. Epic dub. Isn't that is that the final director's cut of the COVID-19 news nope. intro? There was more wacky shit from the last two years that could have gone in there. I had to just pick the best ones. Yeah. It's yeah. just on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we'll see what happens in the next six months. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not much, not much on the go. COVID news. Good, um, thank God. Big news in the UK this week: the statement from uh, Health Secretary Savage Javid. What's this? Oh, uh, Having considered the consultation responses, the advice of my officials and NHS leaders, including the Chief Executive of the NHS. I have concluded that all those working in the NHS and social care will have to be vaccinated. We must avoid preventable harm and protect patients in the NHS, protect colleagues in the NHS, and, of course, protect the NHS itself. Only those colleagues who can show that they they are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 can be employed or engaged in those settings. There will be two key exemptions. One, for those who don't have face-to-face contact with patients, and the second for those that are medically exempt. These requirements will apply across health and wider social care settings that are regulated by the Care Quality Commission. Big move. It's the first time that a vaccine's been mandated in this country. Is it? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, kind of two... Sorry, Ben? I was going to say about care homes, because that's mandated and that's... That's happening now. Oh, yeah. What did I say? First time a vaccine's been mandated. Yeah. True. So care homes care homes were the testing ground. And that's mm-hmm. going really well, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that's yep. going so well. I, I'm good, I'd be interested um, to see how it affects sort of staffing and whether there is sort of like ethical walkouts or whether or not more people... Get vaccinated, but like the vaccination rate on average, is it not like around ninety odd percent or something? Yeah, it's huge. It's about eighty, I think, for adults in the NHS. In the NHS, I mean, I think it's probably higher in the NHS. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I don't mean like in the in the pub. In I think the part of the problem is there are pockets where it's down to like sixty percent in I've, like areas of London. I've read. Are you talking about in the population or in the trusts? Uh, probably in the population, but okay. that might translate into the trusts. I don't know. I think when I've read about trust, the, so it ranges from like high nineties to seventies, mid seventies. I think, depending on the trusts. Um, but you know, the the other thing as well is I know hepatitis or whatever is a, um, you know, 
potentially has worse effects on people than probably COVID-19 for most people. Um, but that, that's mandated. I had to have my MMR to do the job I'm doing now. I thought the hepatitis was for surgeons. Uh, well, it dep- again, it depends on the trust. So in the trust I work in now, I- I'm pretty sure I didn't have to have it, um, but I had to have my MMR. And then in another trust where I got a job but didn't go, I was supposed to have my hep B, I think. Um, well, I started having some something to do with hepatitis. I had one shot. And then I think, I don't think they asked about my MMR <laughs> for some reason. So, you know, it's just very, it's just variable. But again, it's the, it's the risk, isn't it? I think, um, so it's not that it's, you don't have to have, it's not the first sort of vaccine that you're kind of made to have, otherwise you can't have a job. Do you know where the most vaccinated place in the world is? In the world? Yeah. I don't know. County Waterford in Ireland. Oh, this is with the... Uh, uh, it has the highest vaccination yeah. rate in the world. And with, the highest uh, rate of... 92% of adults. Right, okay. Uh, a mass- sorry, a massive 99.5% of adults over 18 in County Waterford are double jabbed. Mm. It's thought to be the highest rates of any region in the world. Also has the highest rate of COVID infection in Ireland. It's weird, isn't it? It's not weird to me, but, you know, it doesn't make sense if you sort of, I don't know, if you just buy what the pharmaceutical press releases well, tell yeah. you. <laughs> so what do you think is, what's, what's happening there then? I don't know. You could say, well, maybe the vaccine gives people a false sense of security. Is that what you're going to, I thought you were going to say that. Oh, well, that's, I, I don't know. Well, no. I don't know. No one knows. The fucking scientists don't know. <laughs> no, the most, the most vaccinated adult population in the world has the highest yeah. COVID rates in its country. Mm-hmm. No one can explain this. No one knows the answer. And I certainly mm-hmm. don't. Well, all we can do is posit hypo- hypotheses. And I would, I would posit the hypothesis. I thought, I thought you were going to say I can posit hyperbole. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that as well. But, you know, maybe it gives you a false sense of security because it doesn't fucking work. Yeah. Right? So if, if, if the vaccine doesn't work, but it gives you a placebo effect of, of mm. false security, mm-hmm. that would drive COVID infection rates higher than neighbouring counties with a lower vaccination rate. Yes. Can anyone but, think of a better explanation? No, I can't. But, you know, not my job. Answers on a postcard. Put it in the Discord. Yeah, put it in. Think of a better, better reason why the most vaccinated place in the world has the highest COVID rates in its country. Yeah, I put that in the Is general. It, could one. it be a waning? Is there a waning immunity aspect to this? We don't know. We're guessing. Yeah, but that was in the Guardian. You know, so it's out there. It's out there in the lamestream. <laughs> lamestream media I think the other thing as well is that I'm noticing <laughs> is it's starting to cause arguments how do you mean in sort of like teams and stuff so you know there's like Microsoft teams well you know disagreements <laughs> about whether or not it should be mandated that's the other thing so you know in sort of a service that's or you know services that are potentially already stretched and then people are probably you know feeling stressed and already irritable Given something else to kind of argue about, it's not going to be great for morale. That's no, all. I mean, if you had a, like a really deadly disease and a really shit-hot vaccine, you could probably make a societal argument for mandating vaccines. Mm. I still wouldn't agree with it, but you can probably make that argument. Mm. But with a shit vaccine against a disease that... It, sorry, it ain't that deadly, <laughs> you know? 
it's no, hard to true, it's hard it? to it's hard to justify i'm afraid yeah. and uh, most of the carnage that's going to happen over the next 3 months by the way it's not going to be the disease it's going to be our reaction to it which has caused all this that's going to come over the winter but we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens the proof will be in the eating of the pudding <laughs> in saturn's anus yeah why not yeah uh, let's move on because Javid weren't done. Oh God! Um, this because they're talking about third jabs, and it raises the question of how do you define someone who is fully vaccinated? I know, yeah. Uh, I'm reading in. Yeah. He's talking to a uh, cable dog Burley on Sky News, um. by the way. Newspaper this morning that um, over 65s in France um, will not be allowed access to um, restaurants, on trains, etc., unless they've had their booster. So in France, if you haven't had your boost dose, you're going to be treated as unvaccinated. You you, you aren't fully vaccinated. Oh my god! So that, it, it was one dose. Yeah, and then, and then the schedule was made to two doses, mm-hmm. and now it's going to be made to three doses. Tim Spetzer made this point this week on the Zoe. He said we need to stop calling this a booster. It's it's the third of the course, the third dose of the course. It's not a booster. Is that something that you might look at? We're not looking at that uh, yet. Uh, we are you're very focused on our booster programme, as you would imagine, over 10.6 million boosts, I think, uh, throughout the UK so far already. A record number of bookings, many people coming forward. I think in due course, uh, we will have to, to, to look at you know, what constitutes vaccination. But at this... What constitutes vaccination in due course? God. So if you thought that you were, you know, you did your bit, you got your two shots, that makes me vaccinated. Well, that's going to change. That is, isn't it? And it'll be for international travel. Mm-hmm. If you're in, the, if you're unfortunate enough to work in the hair care sector of the NHS, it'll mean your job as well. Yeah, uh, two ain't going to be enough. And I don't know how far they'll push it. Will people take five? People take five or six or what? Well, this is the thing. Especially as far as they, they can, I think it's going to be yeah. yearly by the sounds of it, like flu. Not think. Well, I don't know. It seems like after, seasonal. <laughs> it, after three months, it's pretty useless. Yeah, it seems like so that. So maybe they'll, they'll... I mean, if I was if I was Albert Bourdieu <laughs> of Pfizer, I would say, well, annual, if we make it every six months, we'd sell twice as much. So uh, maybe every six months would be better. <laughs> would you not say? Is he For French? Me? Is he French? Uh, I think he's, uh, he's from uh, the underworld. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> they're allowed to start they're allowed to start making money now aren't they is it oh, i've read something about astrazeneca that to make a bit of money now yeah that that the non-profit element of the az rollout was only while this was a global pandemic oh now it's endemic they've decided haven't they gotta, we've got to get someone on the back end yeah I mean, they've fucked it. They've been completely dominated in, in the, the PR game. Info wars. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Pfizer have completely bossed it. Mm. Uh, AstraZeneca have been uh, from the early days with the uh, the blood clots. Yeah, that was it. Was it game over? Yeah, they've been yeah. two steps behind all the way and not making any money. No, any, any real money. No. <laughs> Whereas Pfizer and BioNTech have just been creaming it. Yeah, it showed it showed a table actually, and I think what are all the boosters? Are they Pfizer? Yeah, BioNTech. Yeah, they're like I think they're three times. I think one of them's th- twice as much. Another one's three times as much. I think one of them's nearly. I might. Be, I'm going to get all this wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's like thirty dollars. Yeah, shot. Moderna's the dearest, right? And Pfizer is about forty dollars. And Pfizer are going to make on the therapeutics as well. 
the Pfizer-Mectin. Oh, yeah, yeah, the rip-off. $700 a course. Fucking hell. Uh, I, and, uh, it, it's the same method of action, the same formal kinetics, is it? Yeah. As I've Pharmacodynamics. Pharmacodynamics. Dr. John did a great video, which I posted in the uh, WhatsApp, which mm. you won't have watched. But um, I watched it. Oh, did you? He analysed the yeah. formal core dynamics and the. I watched the first bit. The app very similar to ivermectin. Yeah, which is six cents a pill. Yeah, no, no money no. in it. No, exactly, no yeah. money in it. The worrying, the more worrying one is the molnupiravir, which the MHRF just fucking ushered through. This thing that creates fucking errors in the genetic replication of the virus. Right. What the fuck could go wrong there? I covered this uh-huh. last week. Don't want to stay on it. We've got to move on. At this point, uh, the, the most important thing is that anyone that's eligible gets out there and gets their boost. OK, you said yet, so potentially in the future. I can't, I can't rule that out. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that we know now that the vaccines do wane and it is important that, uh, that those vaccines, where it's necessary, that those people get a top-up and that's what the mm-hmm. booster programme uh, is about. But I think it's something that we have to keep under review. I mean, I think the hands will be tight. As far as international travel goes, different companies will, will set up their own protocol. If, yeah. if France decides it's three doses, mm. then uh, other countries will just will just copy it, won't they? You know, they'll they want some sort of uh, harm, not harmony, some sort of uh, yeah. You can see it being you, you have to have it every year or before you travel and prove your yeah papers, papier and papier and bitter. Yeah, antibody tests would be nice, you know, since we've all probably had it already. Do you think I've had it? I think we've probably all had it. Do you think? And we're all going to get it mm. in, a, in a matter of... It would have been nice just to... Well done. If you've managed to avoid it in two years of the pandemic, you've done... I don't know how you've managed it. Yeah. I think we're all going to get it sooner or later. And once you've been vaccinated, that's the best protection you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Anyway, the CEO of the pharmaceutical giant that's never, never mentioned in the COVID thing, Bayer. 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 Bayer, yes. Um, they're sort of just completely off the radar during the whole COVID thing. They not seem to be producing anything. No vaccines in production, no... That, that that's at least is covered in the are press. They, are they creating super soldiers instead? <laughs> you would think so. Anyway... Yeah. The CEO of the pharmaceutical giant Bayer, Staffan Ulrich, mm. was talking at the World Health Summit. It was a couple of weeks ago, this, but I've only just caught it this week. Okay. And um, he was talking about the uh, the vaccines. I thought this bad repeating. Ultimately, the uh, the mRNA vaccines uh, are an example for that uh, cell and gene therapy. I always like to say, if we had surveyed two years ago uh, in the public, would you be willing to take a, a gene th- gene or cell therapy and inject it into your body? We would have probably had a ninety five percent refusal rate. I- mm. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, true. It's even better. You've got to have gene or cell therapy every six months. Yeah, probably going forwards. It's great. Yeah, it's amazing. Anyway, let's go uh, to Tim Spector from the Zoe app. Not Phil Spector. Not Phil Spector, the convicted murderer. Is he still alive? I think so. I think he's... Is he in prison? I don't think he's allowed... I wonder if he's allowed to wear his wigs in prison. Is that not a human right? (laughs) I don't know. I doubt it. Imagine you could hide all kinds of stuff in that massive <laughs> afro frizz. 
Is he actually bald? I would have thought so, judging by those awful wigs he wears. <laughs> I don't know. I never... Uh, his crazy hair. Yeah. Anyway, um, Tim Spector was giving a presentation to the RSM, Royal Society of Medicine, mm-hmm. this week. Uh, and he starts, unfortunately, by painting a pretty bleak picture. Oh, God. But he uses some interesting language at the end. But do you think is not enough has been done at the moment to avoid lockdowns and allow people to safely celebrate Christmas together this year? I think we have to realise that it's not just this Christmas, it's perhaps that, you know, Christmas is for the next five years. We need to be thinking about realistically now that we've got a a better picture about COVID-19 than we had a year ago when we thought we just got to get over this, you know, last winter and then it'd be fine. Uh, And that's clearly turning out not to be the case as we realise that just uh, vaccines alone... Uh, in even in the magic vaccines <laughs> in countries that have got higher vaccination rates than ours are not the sort of final solution to this. That we <laughs> did he think, ah, shit, <laughs> <laughs> completely glossed over it, right? Yeah, the vaccines aren't the final solution to this. What is then? I remember months and months ago, we used to do a quiz. On Zoom, yeah. Like when the lockdown, yeah. and I remember saying months and months ago to our circle that this vaccine won't be the silver bullet, and people weren't. Why? Why wouldn't it be? Mm. Maybe I'm just cynical. I don't know. But Tim Spector's on my side. He agrees with me. The next five to seven years, it's going to go on for. So we'll, that would be nearly great. ten years. I don't think so. I think the government, there was some documents leaked today about the government's plan oh, yeah. of backing out of this in the spring. All right. So like kind of... Operation test- Ramp Down. Operation <laughs> Test what? the Waters for Operation te- uh, Ramp Down. Basically, do you remember um, during the Brexit when they were trying to get for a second referendum and they were saying that it was going to cost us um, $40 billion to leave the EU? Yeah. Yeah, we're spending thirty-seven billion a year on test and trace. Fuck. That's a, that's a Brexit a year. Right. So it, mental. Tempting as it is to blame everything on Brexit, we're spending more on test and trace every year than that one. Imagine referendum where has all that us. money gone? We'll well, hopefully we'll find out. Thirty-seven billion a year. What's the education budget? Nothing close to that. And NHS is about 100, is it 100 billion? I think it's ridiculous now. It's like 170 with this new thing. Right. It's like got loads of extra money, hasn't it? It was 100 and it was around just over 100 when Theresa May was. I mean, fortunately, inflation's going nuts, so we'll be able to inflate our way out of a lot of this debt. But it means like if you've any savings or property, yeah. you know, that's going to become 5% they're saying, aren't they? Next year. Predictions, yeah. That's if there isn't issues with supply chain. <laughs> if, Which if, there will be. If the supply chain breaks down, um, inflation could, 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 could go scary. So I'm going to start a small holding. Don't blame you. I yeah. would. I would. Yeah. If I had the room. Yeah, in the yeah, bottom garden. Some, some plants in here. Yeah. <laughs> or some tube, tubers. No, microgreens. Are we getting the uh, microgreens? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is microgreens guy coming? 
What? I've not invited anyone. Yeah, you have. That guy said he was going to ask him. What? I can't remember his name. We'll talk about it later. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nothing bad from, okay. from that. Uh, yeah, okay. Five years. Um, it's not all bad news, though, from Tim Spector. We've got a second clip. Yeah, I think we need to be looking at those those sort of timescales. Hopefully, it'll be fading out. It won't be all bad for the next um, five to seven years. Uh, it will become harder. We'll get used to it. And used it'll to just it. be like having a, a sort of permanent flu uh, outbreak that we have to deal with. A permanent flu Permanent flu outbreak for the next seven years. Fuck's sake. I'll tell you what, though. What's interesting is this guy has access to more epidemiological real-time information than anyone else in the world, other than probably the Chinese Communist Party. Because he he has the Zoe app, which there are millions of people who update their data live, you know, Mm -hmm. voluntarily rather than... Because mm-hmm. you're forced to, because you live under a social credit system. Mm. So, you know, I, well, I, I'm not in a position to say whether he's right or wrong. I would suggest that he's wrong, but, you know, he knows more than me and he's a professor at King's Co- College of, uh, what's it called? Experimental epidemiology or virtual epidemiology, something. He's a weird professorship of. Mm. Anyway, sad news. Let's go uh, to our Antipodean friends. Okay. Not Australia. New Zealand, the other one. Right. Um, another unfortunate death, another unfortunate COVID death this week. Well, Simon, today the Ministry of Health added a, another death to its COVID-19 recording, but also said it was a case subject to a police investigation that's ongoing. Now, One News, said, uh, one news understands that this is in relation to Operation Metals, a homicide investigation launched after a man named Robert Hart sustained serious gunshot injuries outside a Newland motel last week, and he died despite first aid attempts. Now, since his death, health authorities say he tested positive for COVID-19, and One News understands that several people are also isolating. So then you have to ask how someone who sustained these types of injuries and then died ends up as part of our COVID-19 death tally. Now, the Ministry of Health says that's because... I was shot dead. <laughs> yeah. They tested the corpse for COVID, and he's gone down in the government's... Reli- oh, I see. Right, yeah. Of, maybe, of, maybe he was, like, being zombified, and they had to take him down... <laughs> Because under the World Health Organization guidelines, anyone who dies while also having an acute COVID-19 infection is recorded as part of a nation's death tally, whatever the cause of death might be. So according to the WHO, it doesn't matter if you were shot, <laughs> shot in the head. If you test positive for COVID, you're a COVID death, according to the WHO. Mm. Nothing to see here. No, it's wild, isn't it? And this has been happening for two years now. Mm-hmm. We've no idea. Because the government, they did a really great thing <laughs> with uh, relaxing the rules on death certificates. Doctor that? doesn't have to be present. Doctor doesn't have to have seen you within 28 days. Right, okay. Doctor can do it over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Never met you before. Oh, he's died. Yeah, COVID. Right, okay. Doesn't need a positive test. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Check if he's dead. Have you offered him a biscuit? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's been completely laxed. 
I'm reading, um, is it Laura Dodsworth? Dodsworth's book, State of Fear, at the moment, on Audible book. And she's just fucking knocking it out of the park. All the shit that the government's done over the last two years to perpetuate this fucking madness. (laughs) It's madness. It is, yeah. It is. They're losing the grip in this country. People are getting... Sorry if you heard it last week, but Tim Spector was saying last week about how, oh, the cases are falling. It must be because people are seeing that one in 50 of the people people they know are getting infected and they're changing the behaviour. No, Tim, sorry, in your fucking flat in London. I'm in different houses every day. People aren't changing the behaviour. They've had enough. They're Mm. getting on with their lives. I think so, yeah. They've gone two years and realised they don't know anyone (laughs) who's gone into hospital with COVID. We've been in a pandemic for two years. Can you at least not kill my granny? What's going on? It's not happening. Maybe we'll just get on with our lives and see what happens, which is what we should have done from the fucking beginning. Yeah. Yeah. But no, we'll cancel all healthcare because we're worried about the hospitals being overrun and having to cancel healthcare. Stupid. Got to learn these lessons and we're going to do them again. I'm going to start ranting because it makes me fucking angry because people are suffering needlessly. Because of idiots. Oh. Sorry. If uh, the tone has changed there. It's just like... Are they telling uh, the frogs gay as well? They might as well. (laughs) (laughs) It just gets me angry because it's so fucked. It's so fucked. Yeah. And the way they manipulate people. With the nudge unit. Mm Mm-hmm. With the messaging. I think I'm... uh, I'm going to have to get, let the dog out. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's go on quick. Not much left to do. There's a, a certain establishment in Vienna which has, uh, has come up with a novel way oh, of yeah. boosting vaccine incentives, taking them to the next level. Come for the vaccine. Stay for a little something extra. Come. The Vienna brothel is providing COVID-19 vaccinations and giving those who take up the offer a 30-minute session with a, quote, lady of their choice if they get the vaccine at the on-site clinic. Christoph Lilacher is the director. And we thought it's actually a great action to make such a statement, especially in our industry. And now we have a great vaccination site and we're very popular. Vaccines will be offered for four hours every Monday in November in an effort to encourage men to get the shot. Austria started barring those who aren't fully vaccinated from cafes, restaurants and hairdressers from Monday as infections continue to spike. And uh, just uh, as an addendum, uh, it came out today, Austria have just passed the law uh, to lock down the unvaccinated. So if you're unvaccinated in Austria, the only reason you can leave your house is... To go to the doctor. To get vaccinated. To get vaccinated. <laughs> to go to work or to buy groceries. Oh, my God. That's not medical apartheid, is it? No, I know. That convinced Gerhard to roll up his sleeves at the Fun Palace. I would have gotten vaccinated. That's not all he rolled up. But the 2G rule has certainly accelerated things a little. And since an acquaintance of mine organized this and I thought, let's go for it. I think this is perfect. The voiceover guy's great, isn't he? Yeah. 
we okay because we can achieve a better immunization rate this way, and that's necessary to end the pandemic at some point. Yeah. But I'll need five boosters, you say. <laughs> Half an hour. Um, people have like, you can get an easy jet for 23 quid to Vienna. Can you? Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Go and get your jab there. Get a get a blow jab. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. If that's not a strap line, it should be. Get a jab, give a jab. Imagine the traffic that's gonna flow through there now. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a COVID hotspot. Truly. <laughs> All these unvaccinated people going. What's a hotspot not? <laughs> a COVID hotspot? Mm, yeah. Just a small prick. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's move away from the from the COVID. Building back better. <laughs> Good. Yeah, let's Good. get away from it. I think it's time, isn't it? It's time to queer up the news. It- there's, a, there's an awful condition spreading across Canada. Oh, no, not that. We now turn to one of the day's most interesting headlines. A woman in Canada has been diagnosed with climate change. You heard that right. Diagnosed with climate change. She had a problem... <laughs> She went to an emergency room, a doctor attended to her, and then wrote climate change on the diagnosis slip. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking nuts. Yeah. I didn't get the rest of the story because... That's all you need, isn't it? That's all you need, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an illness now. It's a condition. Diagnosed with climate change. I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering if she's been, like, worked into an anxious frenzy. By the scaremongering or something. And that's why I just had like some kind of breakdown. So they said climate change. Climate change induced psychosis. Yeah, something like that. Uh, from what I remember, it was an older gentleman in his 70s right. who had asthma. And the argument is that the asthma has been aggravated by climate change. No. Raising temperatures. Yep, that's the clinical. Not like break dust or, you know, things like that. Hey, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> no, you're not. Thank God. It was the doctor who diagnosed him <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in Canada. <laughs> oh, my God. It must have been a right-on. If that's a true story, then it must have been a right-on. It's absolutely doctor. true. The interview right. of the guy. Right, okay. Yeah. More to come, I believe. I think we'll see more climate change <laughs> diagnoses. Oh, it's my skin crawl. <laughs> uh, Do you see the story in the BBC today? About the scorpions. No. In Aswan, in Egypt. No. Scorpions in Egypt have stung three people to death in the southern city of Aswan after heavy storms brought them into the streets and homes. Some 450 more people were injured by scorpion stings, a health ministry official said. The hail and thunderstorm in the area near the River Nile on Friday was particularly violent. Scorpions are regularly washed in the into the streets by heavy rain, while snakes have also been disturbed. Mm-hmm. Extra doses of antivenom have been provided to medical centres in villages near mountains and deserts, a health official told Ahram News Agency. <coughs> Doctors have been pulled away from giving vaccinations to treat... COVID vaccinations to treat scorpion stings. Mm-hmm. And it's just a massive fail, because the BBC... <laughs> it's an open goal. They didn't mention climate change. Yes. Yeah, why haven't, why haven't yeah. they blamed it on China? Yeah. climate change? And China. <laughs> China changed. Yeah. No, they really should have. We have the technology. Surely we could genetically alter those scorpions to give COVID vaccines. <laughs> 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 could be. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's a good idea. Don't tell Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah, next time when he's blocking the sun, he can just sort of bomb us. <laughs> Shooting aluminium particles into the atmosphere. Yeah, the planes, while they're yeah. up there blocking the sun, they can just bomb scorpions on us. Yeah. It's like a... Um, bees. It's like a Hannibal. Yeah. Hannibal, the animal. Hannibal, the, the Carthaginian the, general. The general, yeah. He used snake bombs. Snake bombs. Bombs. Yeah, they would they would catapult them in or something. Catapult um jars full of snakes onto the enemy ships. Oh right. Snake bombs. Plane. Snake bombs, yeah. That's cool, isn't it? Well, it's just some not, for, not for the people on the ships. No. Fucking OG, isn't he? Hannibal. <laughs> Patch on his eye. Did he? Yeah, yeah, he lost an eye in battle. Right, okay. He had a patch. And a snake bomb. And I'm gonna bomb you. And elephants as well. Famously, yeah, a bit of an own goal, the old elephants. Didn't Couldn't it? control them. Could you not? Couldn't the, tame them. Well, they they struggled with them, and oftentimes they lost a lot in the Alps crossings. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. And uh, in battle as well, if they turn the wrong way, they just flatten your own infantry. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's a baller move, but it's risky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Easily backfire. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. I risk high reward. Mm. How did how did the new dog get on on bonfire night, Ben? She's fine. She's um, yeah, absolutely fine. Not a problem. Did Not she noise sensitive at all? Did she go out? Is she deaf? <laughs> no. Did, did she go out while the fireworks were happening? Yeah, yeah, she was out. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fine. I was with the same. Yeah, all good so far. Just trying to get toilet training down. Are <laughs> mm. you using pads to soak up the urine? <laughs> We started um, and just gave up. I'm moving closer to the door. Oh, is that what you're supposed to do? Well, she goes. She goes outside now. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. This clean, <laughs> that dirty, clean, dirty. Is that what you do? Imagine. Pretty much, yeah. yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. Zeus was quite interested in the fireworks, but um, mm. sort of ears pricking up and listening and watching, and yeah. I took him for a walk on bonfire night, just to see how he'd yeah. react. And uh, he was fine. Mm-hmm. Wasn't an issue. So that's good. But the thing is, our last dog was like that until she got to about the age of seven or eight. And then it was like a oh, switch right. went in the head. And uh, then she was petrified of bonfire night from that, from that. I wonder what that's about. No, it's weird. I don't know if it's because they get older and they just get nervous or what. Maybe. It's weird. More jumpy, weak heart. Um, well, you know, yeah, the fish were fine as well. Fish don't have brains, do they? <laughs> of course they have a brain. <laughs> they don't Not have soul, though. I've, I mean, uh, I've cleaned out the pond. I've, got, I've taken out some of the... You can see the fish now. There's fucking loads of baby fish in there. So if anybody wants some fish that you can't see, um, I'm your man. I've got loads of them. How, big are How many will constitute a meal? <laughs> Probably a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> what breed are they? Uh, mountain minnows, I think they're called. Cloud white mountain, mountain minnows. <laughs> Cloud white mountain minnows and the black. So you can't, what kind of brown? Um, I've just set my mustache on fire. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Did you see it flare up on the screen, Ben? <laughs> no, I smelt it. <laughs> oh. Smelt burning hair. It's like a, a yes. I felt just like I smelt Chewy getting shot by a bowcaster. Burning fur. Mm. Well, I'm right. glad your dog's been all right. Yeah, 
Oh my. Yeah, thanks, man. She's not allowed out on a walk till uh, after a second vaccine. Right. Um, yeah, I bet she has to have a third one. <laughs> well, what's Every the worst year, that can yeah. happen? It's just a dog. We um, humans are. Oh, this is controversial. We're sort of worth more than animals. We are the apex. Certainly fish. <laughs> Certainly fish. Yeah. Well, you don't know. Have you ever spoken to a cloud white mountain minnow? No, but it, they probably benefit from it. If look at look at Ben pretending to uh, have a nice cat. <laughs> look at it's not clawing me. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's so heavy now. She's, so she's your brother. Yeah, heavy. Yeah, she looks really happy to be there, Ben. Don't, don't talk to me about heavy pets. Yeah, no, yeah, with spindly legs and barrel bodies. I told you we got told off in our back that. Because he's, so, he's so massive, he put on eight pounds. Really? Since we got him, yeah. That's all that all that that counter surfing. Yeah, and milk. Officer. He got in trick or treat box. He got in the trick or treat box, the celebrations not tub, fun. and um, is it not poison. It is poison. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's big, I, though. I was picking a poo up the other day. And the bloody Maltesers wrapper was in it, sticking out of it. Didn't even bother taking them out of the wrapper. Just <laughs> ate them. Tinfoil and all. Fucking idiot. Such an idiot. Mm. But lovable in, in the same. Yeah. In equal amounts. Yeah. Yeah. Won't be without him now in his, in his little dicky. He's <laughs> oh. <laughs> funny. Oh. Right. Is it time? Is that time? Before we get on to the dogs, Meg? Yeah, it is, yeah. Well, you know, what can you say about that podcast? It was superb. Excellent. (laughs) I'm too weak. Oh, don't kill me, please. What can I say? I mean, are you not entertained? Yeah. TV's going to get turned off in one minute. (laughs) Well, he's dead, so, uh, you know, in general, you always have to be careful. Right, we'll we'll see you next week, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, see you next week. Turn the Discord to get a sneak peek of who's coming. I look like a war-hardened goblin. Saturday, Ben. Saturday. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Any weird time? I watch it between it or not. Uh, I think it's 8 o'clock. Okay. If you want to, if you want to watch live, eight o'clock next Saturday. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? He don't give a fuck. He don't give a fuck. Prince Jabalon and all the Elohim. This is such yeah. a crock of shit. Cut a great. Being a good, responsible COVID citizen is something we should all. Uh, aspire to kneel before Zod. All these people have seen my baby penis. LGDP, uh, LGT, LBG. Save Plotland.